This is Nerd Talk Lips. This week's episode of Nerd Talkalypse, where nerd enthusiasts such as us come together with a common goal to geek out and preach nerdism in yesterday's and today's nerd culture. Featuring your hosts, Lane Stein and DJ Ben Hollow. Enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Nerd Talk Lips. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC, specializing in the CWs, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Pokemon, The Walking Dead, Dragon Ball Z, and everything in between. That's right, folks. And here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from fandoms you love. Reach out to us via email, nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash Nerdtalkalypse, Twitter at Nerdtalkalypse, or simply write up a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear some listener feedback. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for episode 26 of Nerd Talkalypse. Um, today on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. We've got a crap load of nerd news in uh-huh. every category, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, even up to today, there's breaking news that came out just a few hours ago that I added to the show right before we recorded. Um, we're going to talk about some Dragon Ball Super and where that show's going and um, give you a maybe a like recommend for uh, something new to watch yeah just a couple couple thoughts on a couple other things we're watching we won't go into too much detail but uh, we'll just tell you how much we like it and tell you you should watch it absolutely but uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into the show Nerd News is up first it's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalypse. All right, first off, we're going to start with some Walking Dead news. <clears throat> a short interview with Michael Kudlitz, a.k.a. Abraham Ford, in regards to Season 6, 7, and Negan's World. Well, Robert Kirkman was never happy with the death Abraham had in the graphic novels. 
which he died in the way that that doctor chick died. I can't remember her name. Denise. Denise. The way Denise died in the last season is the way Abraham was supposed to die. But here, Robert Kirkman says he wasn't happy with it. So, and we all know from the beginning of this, one of Robert Kirkman's favorite things about making the show is he can change things he didn't like. Right. You know, like like keeping Rick's hand. Right. Not letting Rick and Abraham die like that. He always said it was sort of a last-minute decision and that he regretted how he took him out. Cudlitz tells Pop Sugar, I think transferring that specific death of the crossbow arrow through the eye to Denise was sort of an Easter egg for the audience who follow the graphic novels. They know what the death should have been, but they're also nothing lost on the television audience by not knowing that. It was a little gift just for them. Her death spurs on a whole bunch of other stuff, and then the audience knows that Abraham will continue for a while now, he says. Now we get to see what a world with Negan and Abraham both in it will be like. Which we've always said that I feel like some of that, some of those battles would have gone very differently if Abraham was around because he's a beast. <clears throat> Absolutely, like he's pretty badass in the show, but in the in the comic books, he's like another level of badass. Right. Uh, yeah, for sure. And we haven't even seen that Abraham really come out of his show yet. So, um, it will be with it'll be like uh, that's something we don't see in the graphic novels. So a lot of cool stuff happens. For me, knowing that his potential death had come and gone, it was a moment to go, "Ooh, cool." They really aren't going to stick with what the graphic novel does. As a fan of both the novel and the show, it was cool. So what does this mean exactly? Probably nothing because we are talking about AMC and The Walking Dead here. Clever media. They won't be so stupid as to admit this to anyone. Now this now this taken along with what was released in the list released in the list from about which actors had filmed X number of episodes and Abe and Glenn being listed as having only filmed four episode one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But I am not willing to admit anything until 11 p.m. on October 23rd, 2016, after the moment has officially set in. So, basically what that means is that interview, people, some people are speculating that he's kind of sort of spoiled Abraham's fate. Saying that he's dead? No. Like, he's that he's alive. going to exist in the world with Negan longer than... than which I don't... That, that last part at the end there was me. Um, right. I, I had wrote, written that all in there because I don't, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> now, not not to be spoilery, but there was, like, I don't know how true it was. I don't know where I saw it. Obviously, probably on Facebook, there was, like, a list of each character, and in, in, in next to each character, it had separated by commas which number episode they had filmed. Um, you know what I mean? And Glenn and Abraham had only had number one written next to their name. Everybody else had multiple, at least through episode eight. So, right. I don't know why, um, but and and a lot of people were taking that list and this interview and being like, oh well, Abraham spoiled it for himself. But Michael Cutlitz himself has come out and said that he fucking hates spoilers. So why would he, unless unless it was a straight up folly, like I don't know, and somebody just so happened to catch it. Like, like it says, this is The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I, yeah, yeah. This is AMC. It's The Walking Dead. They're gonna throw us for a loop each and every time. Um. But, yeah, so, whatever. Anyway, speaking of Negan, um, earlier this week they released a, um, a a cut, the Negan cut of uh, his season six premiere. And it was, uh, if you don't know, Negan is very, he swears like a sailor, um, which we talked about plenty of times on the show. And they did not put that in the uh, actual TV cut of the um, episode. But which obviously they, they couldn't. Right, and they yeah for obvious reasons, but they did release it on the Blu-ray, and they and they um, it's since been released online. Uh, we've even posted it on our website and our page, um, like our Facebook page, 
and it's really good. Like, uh, it's it's almost perfect. Yeah. And I actually added the clip in here. It's not the full eleven minutes, but it's a good four or five minutes of him. You fucking, know, yeah, fucking saying fuck fucks fuck. and all that shit. Um, so if you definitely want to hear it, check it out. Um, if you haven't watched season six, uh, Negan's premiere, um, then obviously go watch that first, then come back and listen to this. But it's probably a good five, six minutes of uh, this clip. I'm putting it in here. I know it's a little lengthy, but it's worth it. Definitely listen to it. Um, if you got the comic book right next to you, follow along. I didn't cut anything out of the beginning of it. I just cut out the end stuff because he didn't swear much at the end. Um, and the stuff that he did say after this stuff isn't um, verbatim from the comic. So. Yeah, and you, and yeah, listening to it's cool, but you want to watch it too. So Yeah, absolutely. Go look, go check out our website. You can go to nerdtalklipspodcast.com. Um, follow up with the news story that we posted a couple days ago, or you can go right to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash nerdtalklips, and get it right off there. Um, or you can just search it on YouTube, but uh, you can even search for us, Nerdtalklips Podcast channel on YouTube, um, and you'll find it on there as well, whichever is easiest. Um, I believe the video is titled Negan Uncut. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and put that clip in here right now, so enjoy. Hi. You're Rick, right? I'm Negan. And I do not appreciate you killing my men. Also, when I sent my people to kill your people for killing my people, you killed more of my people. Not cool. Not fucking cool. You have no fucking idea how not fucking cool that shit is. But I think you're going to be up to speed here shortly. You are so gonna regret crossing me in a few minutes. Fuck yeah, you are. You see, Rick, whatever you do, no matter fucking what, you do not mess with the New World Order. The New World Order is this, and it's really very simple. Even if you're fucking stupid, which you very well may be, you can understand it. You ready? Here goes, pay attention. Give me your shit, or I will kill you. Today was career day. We invested a lot so you would know who I am and what I can do. You work for me now. You have shit, you give it to me. That's your job. Now, I know that is a mighty big nasty pill to swallow. But swallow it, you most certainly motherfucking will. You ruled the roost. You built something. You thought you were safe. I get it. But the word is out. You are not safe, not even fucking close. In fact, you are fucked. More fucked if you don't give me what I want. And what I want is half your shit. And if that's too much, 
then you can go make, find, or steal more, and it'll even out sooner or later. This is your way of life now. The more you fight back, the harder it will be. So, if someone comes to your door, you fucking let us in. We own that fucking door. You try to fucking stop us, we will fucking knock that fucker down. You understand? What? No answer? You don't really think that you were going to get through this without being punished now, did you? I don't want to kill you people. Just want to make that clear from the get-go. I want you to work for me, and you can't do that if you're fucking dead now, can you? I'm not growing a garden. But you killed my people. A whole fucking damn shitload of them. More than I'm comfortable with. And for that, well, for that, you gotta fucking pay. So now? I am gonna beat the holy fuck, fucking fuckity fuck out of one of you. This? This is Lucille, and she is awesome. All this, all this is just so we can pick out which one of you gets the honor. Right, so there you had it. That is Negan Uncut. Um, I clipped off a whole bunch of it at the end. Um, definitely go check that out. Um, definitely worth the watch. We're going to go ahead and move right into DC Universe news. All right. Uh, Supergirl EP compares season two to The Empire Strikes Back. The executive producer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess she, she came out and said that it's going to be that good in comparison to its first season. Huh. Because a lot of people was widely speculated that Empire Strikes Back is the best of the Star Wars original trilogy, oh. um, which is where she's making that comparison. That's quite I guess. the that's quite the uh, t- statement. Yeah, for sure. It better be damn good. And I know Lane here hasn't watched all of Supergirl. I, however, Not did, yet. and I loved the first season. I have a couple of things wrong, um, in my opinion, but I cannot wait for season two because we'll see what the CW does to it. I hope that it's awesome. I I bet you it's going to be awesome. Now, the only thing, we did not report on it, but um, Callista Flockhart, is, has, she's been re- recast as her, um, what the hell is that bitch's name? The boss? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, I feel like such a bad nerd. Well, it's, it's her boss, Kara. Kara's boss. Right? Yeah. Um, but I guess she um, she's going to be returning for season two, but only as like a recurring role. I feel like, like I a, mentioned it on an episode. Yeah, it was widely speculated, but she doesn't want to move to Vancouver, and who could blame her? Um, 
you know, I mean, the only reason that she stayed where she was for so long was because it was so convenient. So I don't understand. It doesn't. If you're an actor, you don't have to move to the places you're filming. And I'm not. I'm sure every actor that does a new movie doesn't move to that new state just because the movie. Well, yeah, there. but I guess she just doesn't want to. That's stupid. I don't know. She doesn't want to go there for a prolonged period of time. Whatever. They have to film 23 episodes, and eight. It takes eight days to film each episode. Yeah, but still. Like, yeah, I don't know. So she's gonna. She's either gonna go there periodically and do it, or she's gonna go there all at once and film all of her stuff at once, or whatever. I don't know how it's gonna go, but, I mean, like I said, Lane doesn't know how season one ends. Those of you who do know how season one ends, it totally makes sense. That's where they're gonna go with it. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, so, yeah, the the next thing I have here is for uh, this the the cast of the Suicide Squad talking about. The deleted scenes um, from the DVD and um, things like that. So I, I actually have a clip of that too. Um, it's pretty short. Um, I'm going to add that in here, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, what they said right after that. We experimented a lot, so there's a lot of material. It'll probably see the light of day at some point, I would think. That love scene between you and and Rick Flag. Rick Flag, yeah, 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 that one. I thought it played I, even well. Even when we were shooting, when we were shooting it, I thought dead shot in Rick. Flag and I didn't a love see it scene. at first. It seemed awkward. I had to learn to do a very wicked dance in the club scene, and you see snippets Nothing. of it. But I was like, there was a whole dance routine. That and was, I was my favorite. It was, it was so good. Yeah. There's a bit where I said something to Killer Croc, and he like swiped me, and I got thrown into like a huge stack of like oh, yeah. plastic containers and shit. That was so intense it was too. Cool. Yeah, and that's gone. I think we could fill an entire DVD with the, the amount of deleted scenes. There are a lot of surprises and with that a lot of mistakes. So I think a lot of fun accidents too. So yeah, that was uh, Jared Leto, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, uh, Karen Fukuhara, and... Captain Boomerang, I think. Yes, Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. Whatever his real name is. Jai Courtney. Huh. Um, they, yeah, that was just them in a little snippet talking about all the deleted scenes that are going to be on the DVD, which is awesome. An entire DVD's worth of deleted scenes. That's insane. Crazy. <clears throat> Here's to hoping, regardless of what people say, that we get an ultimate edition of this film, which I still don't think is a great idea for DC to keep doing, but... I digress. I'd still like to see all the the, the Joker scenes that weren't put in. Yes, Would me love. too. I can't wait for that. I I hope we get the maybe not maybe not Suicide Squad the Ultimate Edition, but maybe like the Joker's cut, right? Or something badass like. Um, now they, they supposedly there was two two versions of the movie that were that were cut in the first place, and then they cut another one. They had another company come in and cut one and. Um, that was the movie we got, so hopefully we'll get like a awesome cut of the movie sometime in the future. Might not be immediately, but maybe. Yeah, because Leto, Leto said there were so many scenes that he did that weren't in the movie. I just want to, I got to see them all, man. I know, I because you don't get enough Joker in that movie to decide whether or not he was uh, like he was a great Joker, but you can't compare him to Heath Ledger yet because you saw a lot more of Heath Ledger. In exactly, the movie. we got we got to see a movie where Joker's prominent. Or Jared Leto's Joker is prominent in the movie. Right. For us to have a great opinion. Right. But what I saw, awesome. Like, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, he was in the movie for, like, 12 minutes. Yeah. Well, whatever. Pretty much almost every single scene you saw in the trailer. Almost. Almost. Not the entirety of the scene, but, you, you know. Yeah, there was, there was one scene I know for a fact that wasn't in the movie. Um, that, where the Joker's face was, like, all burned. Yeah. He had, he was like had a grenade in his mouth and he was like getting ready to that that scene was yeah. not in the movie so I don't know 
But, uh, I guess the next part of DC news is following up on the last batch of DCEU rumors, which interesting enough did which interestingly enough did list Doug Lyman as directing a DC movie, but not Justice League Dark. Now the latest rumors also include DC TV shows. Now I I just stop you right there real quick because that today, um, they did release that Doug Lyman is doing Justice League Dark, oh. a live action version of that movie. So the Justice League Dark, we gotta watch that. It's not out yet. Uh, oh, even the animated it, one. The animated one is coming out, and then they're doing a live action version, not of that animated movie, but it might be like a right. maybe like a continuation, or they're gonna see how that movie goes yeah, first. We gotta watch them both. Yeah. But that and that's like Constantine and Zatanna and um, oh, I can't remember the the demon. We did guy. a we did a little on one of our episodes. We posted something. We talked about a little bit about it. Yeah, I think that's gonna be crazy though. Um, as if as if the world doesn't think that Justice League is or that the the DCEU is dark enough as it is. Right. But whatever. Um. Well, well you're done with that one. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So worth a mention is that the rumors state that WB may be eyeing more serious takes on DC TV characters akin to Game of Thrones with shows on HBO. It's also said that some of the new rumored TV series might be in uh might might tie into the DC universe as well, which is awesome. This is where I heard about Lobo. Yeah. Um, maybe not necessarily a movie itself, but a uh, HBO style TV or TV it would have show. to be dude, if you're making a Lobo movie it has to be rated R yeah it has absolutely to be on, he's he, I don't know his mouth is bad you cannot have a he's like cable Deadpool TV. Like yeah. you can compare him to Deadpool oh yeah as far as the vulgar, vulgarity goes he's probably worse than Deadpool <laughs> I like Lobo and in, Injustice that's the only iteration of Lobo I've ever seen was from Injustice Lobo's but badass um other rumors mention Zack Snyder off Justice League 2. Man of Steel 2 definitely happening and without Snyder. George Miller eyed for a Jack Kirby property. New Gods was previously rumored. Suicide Squad 2 in the works. The Green Lantern Corps, the Green Lantern Corps movie would be based on Geoff John's Sinestro War. Would be awesome. And lots more. I mean, there's so many DC stuff that's going to happen. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, But the, the biggest, the biggest takeaway from all of that is that the world got what it wanted. Zack Snyder has decided he's not going to do Justice League Part 2 or Man of Steel 2, which is what... I don't know why people think that there's problems with Zack Snyder. I liked everything he's done so far, but, you know, who who knows? I like Zack Snyder. I don't have a problem with him. No, we've said it once. We've said it a hundred times. Man of Steel is fucking awesome. Right. And it says, obviously, take these with a grain of salt. These all came from a Reddit user. Um... Uh, from a list off of 4chan, I don't know, which I don't really know what that is, but uh, these are all strictly rumors and spoilery rumors at that. But if they turn out to be true, then you heard it here. But if they didn't, then we said, you know, we've said our piece. Um, so the Booster Gold movie is still in the works. It's going to be treated more as a Deadpool February release film. Um, there's no production date yet, so I don't think we're going to be seeing Booster Gold next year, but probably the year after. I don't, I don't. Booster Gold's great and everything, but I don't have a huge care to see a Booster Gold movie. Yeah, a whole movie based around Booster Gold. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. that thing about Lobo. Is that we kind of mentioned this already? But Lobo is currently up in the air, being eyed <clears throat> as a potential TV series set in the DCEU movie universe. So they would have it as a TV show, but it would take place in the movie universe, not the. TV right. Universe. Anything that isn't done on the CW potentially could t- be taking place in the ex- in the movie universe. 
Um, so Deathstroke is no longer in the works. Ayer wants to use him in Suicide Squad 2 um, with an antagonist role, which um, I guess we should mention that earlier today it was announced that Deathstroke will be a part of the Batman solo movie instead. Um, so that, that Ben Affleck apparently supposedly broke the internet this morning by posting that. Which is um, awesome then, because Deathstroke is badass. Yes, and then and then later it was confirmed that it was that he was for the Batman solo movie and he would be the main villain. So um, I don't know how big of a role did Deathstroke have in Arkham Asylum. I don't know if he did have a big role. The only one I know that he he had a huge role in uh, Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. So a lot of no, people, not Arkham Knight. Arkham Origins. Arkham he was Origins, one of the assassins okay. that was hired to go after Batman. Mm. Well, mean, you kick his ass in the beginning, but right. Okay, whatever. Well, like. Uh, I mean, the Batman solo movie has been largely rumored to be based off Arkham Asylum and take place within Arkham Asylum, so everybody was like, oh, there's going to be so many villains. And then with this announcement today, I mean, that could very well not be happening. Maybe they'll do, like, an Arkham Origins-type deal. Um, I, I'm Personally, I hope that the Batman solo movie is a prequel of sorts. Before uh, BBS. Before, yeah. yeah. Like, that's... Because that would I, would, I want to see Leto... I want to see Robin. I want to see like all that stuff like, right. before be, before you see Robin's charred suit in BVS and and then have Justice League movies taking place obviously after. But I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I feel like that'd be the best way to go too. Um, getting right into it, Metal Men being eyed as a start for animated DC movies. If Lego Batman is successful, Warner plans to push forward development, and Warner Animation Group will create the movie. Metal Men. That's what it says. Yep, I don't know what that is. Me neither. Well, whatever. This is a big batch of things I just kind of threw in here. Um, WB also wants to make few a few in-universe TV shows for the DCEU. Um, DC... I'm sorry. Multiple smaller teams and smaller characters being eyed. Uh, Warner Brothers wants these shows to be premium cable type, so... Like like we've been saying about Lobo and things like that, they're just they're just kind of it's kind of a genius way to do it because they can like introduce all these characters mm-hmm. on TV shows and then have them in movies without really having to go into backstory and absolutely you know, it's, it's yeah kind of no, cool no origins you know what I mean that's that's cool uh, Fables movie adapt canceled Fable like the game I think mm, oh currently being eyed as a television show although worried it may draw the comparison from Once Upon a Time up in the air if it will happen or not. Fable? Like, the Fable the game? I think so. Why is that under DC News? I don't know. It was all in this big, giant Warner Brothers oh. block. Oh, hey, whatever. Fable's movie. That's interesting. Those games are pretty cool, but I don't see how you could compare it to Once Upon a Time. It's. I don't know. I never really watched Once Upon a Time. I mean, I know about Once it. Once Upon a Time's all about Disney characters. Right. I don't know. That's weird. But anyway, so the Sandman movie is also being developed. Um, they're giving it as much time as it needs to develop. It could very, it could very well be canceled. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix has been approached uh, after Joseph Gordon-Levitt left. So, I don't really know much about Sandman. DC Sandman? Yeah. I don't know. But, uh... I feel like, I mean, there's so many... There's, you know, there's certain movie characters in, that I don't really think need movies. Like right. Booster Gold and Sandman. Like, I don't give a shit about a Sandman movie. Like, right. You know, they're going to overstretch too much. If they're going to make movies about every goddamn character, like... Yeah, it's like going to be too it's much. Gonna get nuts. 
Uh, Sam Raimi being courted to direct a DCEU movie. He did the Spider-Man movies. Ooh. The original Spider-Man movies. See, I like those movies. I, I, I thought dude, the third one sucked. I was cool. listening to Screen Junkies Movie Fights, which is uh, not... I'm not a part of that show whatsoever. It's just another podcast I listen to. I really like it, but... They had an argument. That all they do on that show is argue against which you know which movies are better and blah 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 blah. And they had talked about Spider-Man Two being one of the greatest superhero movies to ever exist. Um, in their opinion, um, I personally don't. Going with Doc Ock. Yes. I don't know if it's the greatest. I don't. I wouldn't consider it the greatest either. They were just saying that, but I, right. I think it's one of the. It's one of them. It's really, really good. Oh, both the first two Spider-Man movies were really good. I yeah. Just, the third one just ruined it for me. Right. So yeah, I think Amazing Spider-Man Two is one of the best superhero movies ever. I opinion. agree. I liked Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, I like the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. So, the, the this next news. Oops. Dropped my mic. Um. That that next news article is. I don't think is enough. Is anything. 100 bullets in development. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I've heard about 100 bullets, but I don't really remember what it is. Well, it's still in development. Although it will not be marketed as a comic-related movie, we'll have the Vertigo banner, but will also, but will be along the lines of Kingsman. Was envisioned as a Sin City type film, but it's currently now a singular story. We'll focus on one man's story with a gun and appearances throughout the Minute Minuteman and the Trust. So I think it, I think it is released by DC Comics. So people that know 100 Bullets, I think I've heard of it. I've heard of 100 Bullets too. It, I, I, if I remember correctly, it's crazy. It's a crazy storyline, but I can't remember exactly um, what it's about. But also the question. So DC's the question um, is also going to be developed into a HBO smaller scale, gritty noir TV show. I like the question. I like the question. I also. think that would be a great TV show. Hell yeah. Huh. Um. Uh, Suicide Squad 2 production begins soon. After started Ayer, Ayer, yeah, David Ayer, David Ayer started writing the script in July. Expected to shoot late night, late spring 2017. Will reportedly be dialed back from the Super Saiyan one. No. <laughs> <laughs> from the Super Saiyan one. What does that say? SS one. Suicide Squad one. Oh, back from the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> With less CGI. A this more is what you get threat. when somebody who's super fucking into Dragon Ball Z. When I see SS1, that's the first thing I think about. <laughs> that might be the funniest thing that's ever happened on this show, man. That's fucking hysterical. <laughs> a more human threat and no <laughs> pop music at all. Slightly lower budget. <laughs> Can't even get over the fact that that happened, dude. Oh my god, that took me right out of it. That was so funny. Uh, well. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, so Suicide Squad 2 is... Blowing up the world right now, and there are people who are talking about it all over the place. Already. Um, Pretty much like they were talking about Deadpool 2 as soon as that Deadpool 1 came out. Right. Um, so Man of Steel 2 obviously is happening. We talked about that last week, and we just said Snyder's not going to not not returning to direct it. Uh, George Miller attracted to making a Jack Kirby property movie, working on Mad Max sequel in between potential DCE Universe movies. Yeah, which is, like we said earlier... Um, Oh, I skipped over that one. I didn't see that. Um, he might be working on New Gods. I wonder who they're going to choose for Man of Steel 2 villain. Like, I hope it's Metallo or Brainiac. I would love to see Brainiac or like an awesome, like or like Lex Luthor going full out. Like, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? that'd like, be cool. Or even Darkseid. I, I would love to see that. Well, rumor has it now is that Darkseid, like down here, Darkseid might be saved for Justice League 3, which is retarded. Yeah. But whatever. Um. Uh, so Shazam is supposed to be it's said to be a one-off movie unless it does really well um, but like we talked about Shazam two weeks ago um, yeah with fucking 
we talked the about Rock playing as Black Adam. Yeah. Oof. I have more Shazam news up in up in this thing too. We'll get we'll talk about more Shazam in a minute. Uh, Cyborg currently up in the air. If he's a breakout character in Justice League, he will get a movie. If not, it will be pre-proposed. Repurposed. See, that's another th- oh, repurposed. That's another thing. I don't really care if they make a Cyborg movie. Yeah. He's I very- actually had heard a while ago that Cyborg wasn't getting a movie and they were going to do Titans. That would be badass. I would love to see Titans, Teen Titans. You know what I mean? I That was what I heard in the last batch of Justice League movie, m- rumors, so I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't really think he needs his own movie. That's another character. You know, like, Cyborg's cool. He'll be great in Justice League, I'm sure. I love Cyborg. Cyborg's badass, but yeah. I don't think he needs his own movie. I mean, he's going to be in The Flash, too. Yeah. He's going to be... Yeah, that's fine. They can throw those characters in other movies, but I don't really think they need to make movies about them. Yeah. I would love to see if the Flash movie did Flashpoint Paradox. That'd be insane. Like a real Flashpoint Paradox. Movie. I want to see the Luminoid. Oh, man. Oh, that would be so For cool. For those of you out there who don't know what we're talking about, there's a. Uh, it's produced by Graphic Audio and DC Comics. It's like. Graphic Audios are like uh, audiobooks, but they're comic books. In movies their, for your ears, or whatever you movie, say. A movie in your mind yeah. is what they say. It's, they're, oh, they're so amazing. cool. Like. Um, we, we, me and Lane, we deliver pizzas, uh, for a living and we, and we do a lot of, uh, we listen to a lot of comedy, a lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks. And when we found, Lane's also, he has a CDL. So when we found, uh, graphic audio, <coughs> I told him about them and I gave him a whole bunch. Oh man, I love it. He said they changed his life is what he told me. I didn't want to stop listening to them. They're insane. Like they have all different voice actors for all these things. Um, we're in no way affiliated with them. We're just simply talking them up. We, we're not getting endorsed by them or anything, but they're Why really, they really buy cool. them, man. They're they're worth it. Yeah, they're like thirteen bucks a pop for just the MP3 files. But they're, I mean, you'll ne- you'll you'll listen to them once, and then in a in a year, I want to listen to them all again. Yeah, you want to listen to them again. They they have Crisis on Infinite Earths. They have uh, uh, all the Crisis ones are amazing. Infinite Crisis. They uh, uh, Kingdom Come. They have a bunch of stuff, but one of them in particular, the first one I ever listened to is called The Flash Stop Motion, um, and it, it's a story following Wally West, and it was just incredible, like, such an insane story, and I would absolutely love to see a live action, or even an animated iteration of that Hell film, yeah. like, or that, that, I say film, because it, that's how, that's how detailed these things go, like, like a Justice League, it would have to be like a Justice League War animation. Yeah, like, like some that kind of that crazy. Oh yeah, that super luminoid is one of the craziest villains to ever. Yeah, absolutely come about. But uh, anyway, I guess we both were getting off topic here. But it's still DC. Yeah, I know it's also DC. Um, so the Legion of Superheroes has been canceled. I guess deemed too early to develop, to be developed. I guess for the DCEU, I'm assuming because I know that they're doing it on Legends of Tomorrow. Right. No, yeah, that's probably just what... They're not going to make a solo movie about that. There's so much... Oh, that's ridiculous to me. Oh, I know. I mean, there's just a news dump. Well, Darkseid could potentially be saved for Justice League 3, which we briefly mentioned. Having more background development in other movies for New Gods and Apocalypse. New Gods property being heavily eyed as a film. The New Gods are crazy. Like, there was another... There was... Speaking of graphic not graphic audios, there was one I listened to that had to do with the New Gods and Darkseid and whatnot. And was, I bet you it was Kingdom Come. I don't know, but it was insane. It was like a post, like the world was. I really, ended. I don't know anything about Kingdom Come, but I've heard great things. Um, so the uh, the JSA was originally being worked on and expected uh, to be teased in Wonder Woman, with them being in World War One instead of World War Two heroes. Um, the idea was scrapped due to it not fitting in the general pot, plot for Wonder Woman, and it was decided that it would go to the characters of the CW shows. So 
which is what was announced at the end of Legends of Tomorrow for the JSA and um, having Rex Tyler show up and all that good stuff. So spoilers for Legends of Tomorrow. We kind of mentioned this, but the Green Lantern Corps will be adaptation of Sinestro Corps, War, Sinestro Corps War, which we've kind of mentioned. But it will have Guy Gardner, Jon Stewart, and Hal Jordan as the only human lanterns. Red Lanterns won't appear, but will be teased. Which is kind of what they're doing in Rebirth right now. Yeah, actually, yeah. But there's a lot more human Green Lanterns right now. Yeah. But, like, if you're reading... You don't, you aren't reading the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, but I read the first couple issues, and that's kind of, like, what's happening. Oh, yeah. um, crazy storyline. You need to read them. Guy Gardner. Guy's, guy's the one I like. He's the artist. Like. Yeah, and he's... No, no, you no. like Kyle Rayner. No, Kyle Rayner, that's what it was. That, uh, um, Guy that Gardner, sucks. though, has supposedly... They're saying now that he might show up in Legends. Fuck yeah. Like, the, yeah. he might be the first Green Lantern we get in the CW show. Huh. I'll be okay with that. Um, only in Legends and as part of the JSA. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that, but Kyle Rayner is my favorite. Yeah, I don't know why. I would love to see Kyle Rayner somewhere. Hell yeah. Um, so, let's see. What does that say? I guess Scalped being worked on by WGN Network was held up with... Doug Jung working on a Star Trek movie. Oh, I don't really know what that is. Maybe that's maybe that's part of another. Jeff Johns wrote the pilot. It probably has to do with him. Yeah, Jeff Johns or whatever. WB wants to keep a three-year release schedule with the solo movies for A-listers. Wants to keep diversity in the lineup and keep film goers interested without being fatigued. Which is pretty much what I'm saying. Like you can't make all these goddamn DC movies and people are just gonna get tired of these movies. Like Oh absolutely. Superhero fatigue. On DC animated movies, plans are to increase production to four movies per year, doing event animated movies with a limited theater release, aka Killing Joke, will probably happen yearly, which is fucking awesome. Old scripts being revitalized as an animated movies might still happen. Batman Beyond script by Bo Ziakin has been floating around. That's cool. Another Batman Beyond movie, which I never watched a series of, but I love that series. Um, so anyway, here here's the Shazam news that I added to the thing. I had posted this on our website earlier in the um, week. It's really interesting. I there's a lot of toss up with Marvel in this Gambit movie that we've been talking about for years. Um, and MoviePilot.com has this weird theory that suggests that T- Channing Tatum will not persevere. Over this Gambit movie, such as Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool, because um, Deadpool ran into all them problems for so long, but Ryan Reynolds persevered and it came out and everybody loved it. But they're saying that Tatum will not do that and make the jump over to DC. The theory stems from Rick Famuyiwa, who recently has been signed on to direct the Flash movie with Ezra Miller. Um, as soon as he was as soon as he was announced as the director, he started following several people on Twitter who are involved with DC in some way. These include Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, Jeff Johns, the guy replacing Zack Snyder to um, helm the DCEU, amongst other people who um, were Channing Tatum. Sure, this may be a coincidence, but MoviePilot.com thinks otherwise. They believe that Tatum will be our new Captain Marvel. Um, you thought Brie Larson was going to be Captain Marvel. Sure, Marvel's Captain Marvel. Uh, <laughs> well, DC has a Captain Marvel also, though you may not. They, though you may know him as better as Shazam. He, uh, or you may also know that while Warner Brothers is planning on adding Shazam to the DCEU slate, the only actor attached to the film so far is Dwayne Johnson, uh, a.k.a. The Rock. He will be playing Captain Marvel Shazam's antagonist, Black Adam. Now, two weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about um, who could play Captain Marvel with Shazam. We talked about John Cena. Um, yeah, that's just... That just... T- Channing Tatum wasn't even on our radar. 
Um, see, t- but see, Channing Tatum isn't big. He is not big. No, I mean, he's like ripped and everything. But Shazam is huge, like like The Rock huge. Like, like yeah. The Rock will fit in Black Adam. No, I also had heard that they're like, Vin Diesel. I heard about a possibility of The Rock playing both. That'd be interesting. That'd be weird. Yeah. That's see, I don't know about that because Captain Captain Marvel is very white. He's yeah. very American looking, and Shazam is like Egyptian. Yeah. And The Rock fits. He would fit that. Like Dude, I just found out, not to be weird, but like I did not know until Dan told me that The Rock was black. Really? Yes. I, I had no I idea. He's like half black. I, he does not look... He's the whitest black guy I've ever seen. Hmm. Like, I just don't... I, well, I don't never... Think, I don't think he's full black. I know, but he just looked... He just looked... I just thought he was really tan. Like, I just thought he was a really tan white guy. It was huge. Interesting. I never knew that he... That that was like that. It, it really intrigued me. Um... So anyway, like we said earlier, the, this is the last. No, we have two, we have two more news articles for DC. Um, Deathstroke has been announced for the Batman solo movie. Um, with Ben Affleck breaking the internet this morning, Deathstroke with a Deathstroke video. So definitely go check that out. It's probably trending on Twitter and uh, Facebook. <coughs> um, he said it's now being reported that Slade Wilson will be the main villain in Affleck's solo Batman movie. Um, that gives us a little more reason for Affleck to be the one debuting the first look for the villain. So it was pretty sweet. <clears throat> this morning we definitely... Uh, I, I, I noticed it somewhere in the afternoon that this video just surfaced online. And it's awesome. Like such a cool look at Deathstroke. I mean, I mean we got a lot of awesome Deathstroke and Arrow. Um, and I thought he looked really great in that. But this this just looked awesome too. Um, and then the last thing we have for DC is that Captain Cold and the Golden Glider will be the main um, villains in the Flash movie, as well as an appearance from all of the rogues. Um, so we'll get Mirror Master, we'll get uh, probably a, a, a recurring appearance of Captain Boomerang from Suicide Squad. Um, all of these will be in the uh, Flash movie. So there goes my uh, theory about uh, Flashpoint being a thing maybe maybe for a sequel if it ever comes out with one but um so that is all that we have for dc news now we have uh like i said we have news in every category so we're gonna move right in here to marvel news all right so for marvel news this week um there's been a lot also um i guess not not nearly as much as dc but so the first thing we have here is looks like um set photos from Thor Ragnarok um, and on this in this picture he it shows Thor on a earth street is what it seems and he's holding a address that says well it says Thor and Loki are traveling to Doctor Strange Sanctum Santorum in Thor Ragnarok a new set photo shows Thor holding a card with the address 177A Bleecker Street this address belongs to none other than Doctor Strange himself. Interesting. So that means that either maybe it's a post-credit scene or something, but we could be getting some uh, Easter eggs for Doctor Strange in the Thor movie. That'd be cool. But I think Doctor Strange, yeah, Doctor Strange comes out first before yeah. Thor Ragnarok. So Doctor Strange comes out this year. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah, that's gonna be nuts. Well, all right, this is a little bit of Gardens of the Galaxy, Volume 2's Chris Pratt talks about Star-Lord meeting his father. For as long as Star-Lord couldn't remember, he's wondered who his father was. The hero learned very little about his dad before his mother's death. 
And of course, the Ravagers didn't help, didn't have much to tell him about the man after they abducted him from Earth. His father's appearance was teased at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, and Marvel Studios confirmed Star-Lord's dad would feature in its sequel. And now Chris Pratt is talking about what it was like for the Star-Lord to meet his long-lost dad. Speaking with Empire, the actor said fans should expect to see the Guardians struggle with their new family dynamic. You're going to see these characters having to endure the realities of being in a family, he said. You're talking about a guy who has been losing, who has been longing to know who his father is for a long time. He'll discover if that person lives up to the expectations he has in his head. So that'll be pretty cool. And they they also have released who his dad is. The next movie, but we're not going to say on this podcast. If you want to know, you can search for it. It's been all over the world, um, not all over the world, all over the internet. Um, and uh, they talked about it at Comic Con and all that stuff like that. All's I. All I know is the actor who plays it, and I'm not going to say that either. Uh, but you can definitely look it up, who Sarge's father is going to be. It's going to be pretty crazy um, to see that happen on screen. Um, they also talked about who the villain is for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I didn't put in here, but it's going to be the, the obelisk. Some sort know. of giant monster. I don't know much about Guardians of the Galaxy. so I don't either. Some sort of giant alien monster. Um, I heard another podcast talking about it. They said it looked like Parallax. Huh. Uh, like a, We're going to see like a live-action giant thing. Looks like Parallax, so that'll be pretty interesting. Um, so, uh, Donald Glover's been in the news lately, um, especially since uh, his uh, rumor role of... Uh, Lando? Well, yeah, we'll get to that oh, in Spider-Man. Star Wars. Yeah, but he's been in, he's, he was cast in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, a lot of people thought that he was going to be playing Miles Morales. It has not been said what he's going to be doing in that movie, but um, he said he's, a, he's wrapped the production on his character, on the standalone Spidey flick, adding that the movie was really fun to shoot. He said, I'm glad I got the opportunity, um, he said, before commenting on the impressive amount of diversity in the film. He says, uh, you don't want it to feel like some sort of affirmative action. This wasn't that at all. I know the director. He's doing a really good job and has good ideas. Um, Spider-Man aside, there's still one rumor regarding Glover, his involvement in the Star Wars movie um, as young Lando Calrissian. Um... Time asked Glover about the rumor directly, and he dodged answering, leaving the rumor up to even more speculation. So we'll get to talking about that a little bit more in the Star Wars section. There's a, a Thor Ragnarok mockumentary from Comic-Con. That was that thing we watched a little bit ago. Yeah, well, yeah we watched it before it that was, happened. It's a little like a funny joke thing about what Bruce Banner and, and uh, Thor. Thor were doing during the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a clip of that. It's a short three-minute clip also, but it's definitely worth checking out it's it's a little hard to follow just by audio alone you kind of have to see what's going on but basically just follows thor as he's living with this guy named daryl um and he goes through his life as what he was doing during this thing so i'm going to put that clip in here right now for you all to enjoy i guess i'm just taking a break we had this really cool adventure saving earth and i was pretty happy anyway so i needed some me time and i came to australia and that's when i moved in with daryl Hello. And uh, here we are. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice flat, as you can see, and uh, we, we get along well. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to be around uh, average, everyday people. And Daryl is a, an average sort of everyday guy. So it works out well. While I'm here, I'm trying to get involved with the locals. And who's this purple weirdo? Vision! Surprised you actually knew who that was. You know, to give back to the community. 
Daryl here is helping me craft an electronic letter. I'm writing to Captain America and Iron Man. There seems to be something very intense going on between them, and I want to offer my help, my services. Dear Tony Stark, how's it going? I heard you and Captain America were having some relationship problems. Dear Steve Rogers, do you remember when I goaded you into killing those prisoners and you made me swear to never tell the other Avengers? If there's any other secrets you need kept, just let me know, because I'm not up to much at the moment. What are you doing later? I'm just working. What's he doing? He's working. Keep out, Daryl. <laughs> Costume for battles. Little Mjolnir over here taking a nap. <laughs> a little bit of something I've been roasting in the sun for a number of weeks now. It's almost ready. Delicious. Question, what are Infinity Stones? A whole lot of information and ideas and what I like to call little clues speckled around the place. And who is the man in the purple chair? He's purple. His magic glove doesn't like standing up. Fury, what does he really know? And is Fury his real name, or is it actually pronounced furry? Little Mjolnir here, <laughs> pair of sunglasses in case it gets bright on the rainbow bridge, which often it does. Oh, if you lift up this little thing, <laughs> what's he holding? Me. <laughs> I never wear cutoffs. How do I keep waking up in cutoffs? Normal pants going in, cutoffs coming out. You? Hmm. <laughs> Oh, by, by the way, have you heard from uh, Tony Stark and Captain America? They didn't contact you? Uh, I haven't received a single phone call. Uh, one second, Oh, uh... Hey, T-Bone, how many times do we have to go over this? No amount of money is going to get me to join your little pissing contest. What? Here, talk to Thor. Yeah. He's sort of been waiting to hear from you. I have him right here. Oh, you can't right now? Okay. Am I disappointed that they, that they didn't invite me to fight with them? Um, <laughs> no. He doesn't know how to get in touch with you. I don't, I don't have a phone. He doesn't have a phone. Send a raven. I just start my own team. Team Thor, of course. And it would be me and Daryl. Just us. Right, D? Yep. All right, so that clip was a mockumentary with Thor. And uh, Bruce Banner and what Thor was doing during Civil War. Just a jokey thing. They aired it at Comic-Con. They released it. you got to watch it, though. There's some things that you didn't hear that you're going to have to see. So. Yeah, it was funny. Um, so we have a pretty decent amount of Star Wars news here, which is something we haven't had in a while. Um, you want to do the first one? Stand-up comedian and community's breakout star Donald Glover, a.k.a. rapper Childish Gambino, is heavily rumored to hold a top spot for the role of young Lando Cal Calrissian in the Lord and Miller-directed young Han Solo Star Wars anthology films. I could see that. Like, I don't know about his acting. He's always been like a com comedy type of guy, but I feel like he looks like the role. Yeah, I think he could do it. I think he's pretty diverse. Oh, he's pretty talented. He was uh, he was great in The Martian, which you haven't seen. Mm, yeah, I gotta see that. He was pretty serious. Well, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the duo directing the Han Solo anthology movie and also writing the story of DC's The Flash, accused of eyeing Glover for the role of young Lando. And in most cases like this, the director's casting preferences went out. So that's pretty cool. So he could definitely... He, I mean, he could very well do it. I, um, I know that guy playing uh, young Han Solo, is gonna, I think he's going to kill kill the role. Um, sorry if it sounds weird, we're eating ice cream as we're doing this. 
It's hot up here. Um, so Donald Glover has some responses to this uh, news rumor. Um, he said, I mean, I grew up on Star Wars. Or I said, he said, I mean, I grew up on it, Glover said, of Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise. My dad was a big fan. Um, I had all the toys when I was little. I had a Darth Vader with a lightsaber. Um, with the lightsaber he has, it was cool. It's a dynasty. I like that. Um, he said, I love that franchise. As for whether or not Glover would be a good fit for the role, comicbook.com pulled out their Star Wars expert, Lucas Seigel. He weighed in. He said, I've been a fan of Glover since the launch of his mega career with Community, says Siegel. I remember him seeing or seeing him do stand up in small in a small New York club with an audience of about sixty people. He was the swagger humor, or yeah, he has a swagger humor and approachability in this uh, in the sense that just a genuine person that could get up to no good at a moment's notice. Um, and all the major aspects of Billy D. Williams brought to Lando Calrissian, um, the original in the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, throw in the, his respect for the source material and his vocal and public love of all things nerd culture, and it's easy to see why fans have already um, railed, rallied. rallied around Donald Glover as a great fit for Lando, for young Lando, which I agree. I'll say, uh, Deej went ahead and also got the nerd talk lip Star Wars expert Aaron Dwyer's thoughts on Donald Glover as young Lando, as well as his overall thoughts on the Rogue One trailer. And rumors about the release date of Star Wars Episode Eight. So DJ's going to read you a quote uh, from straight from Aaron Dwyer. Yep, Aaron Dwyer. He's been on the show a couple times. He was on our Star Wars episodes. Um, definitely not seen the last of him, but I did pull a quote from him on Facebook. He said, "Well, the Rogue One trailer was epic, especially when the Vader cameo at the end. I'm eager to see what kind of a villain director Krennic is going to be. I hope it has something to do with." Um, Thrawn, the th- or to do with Thrawn secretly. I don't know who that is. As for Han's movie, I'm stoked. Not too excited about it being a trilogy, if that's still a thing. I think one film was enough, but if they cast if they cast Childish Gambino as Lando, I think I think we'll be in for one hell of a buddy movie. I'm hoping we'll uh, be able to see Lando with the Falcon before he loses it to Han. So I agree with that. I think that's going to be interesting. Hell yeah. And I always take, you know, he knows his shit. Oh, yeah, dude. He is the biggest Star Wars nerd I've ever met in my whole life. <laughs> and that is saying something. All right, well, some Star Wars Star Wars Episode Eight release date rumors. Recently, in an interview with legendary composer John Williams, he's the one that composes the music for Star Wars and also the Harry Potter. Yep. He stated that he would be starting the process of composing Star Wars Episode Eight in just a few weeks. This story sparked rumors among the fans everywhere that state that the possibility of moving the movie from its original release date in December 2017 to May 2017. Eight, 2018, I meant. Oh, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> date in 2018 to May 2018. No, from December 2017 to... Oh, yeah. No, I guess, you're, I guess that would be right. That's my fault. Why, you ask? Well, for the 40th anniversary celebration of Star Wars seems perfect, doesn't it? Considering that for Episode 7, The Force Awakens, Williams had begun the composing of its music just weeks before its theatrical release. So why would he start the next one 16 months out? Although Disney has that May 2017 spot slated for Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Dead Men Tell No Lies, maybe they'll move that to June or July and let Star Wars reclaim its place as an early spring-slash-summer film. Who knows? What 
V's OU. <laughs> I think I meant to say, what do you think about the rumor? Is there any credibility to it? Um, and then I put, let us know in the comments, because I took this right from our website. So, um, and then, so I also asked Aaron Dwyer about this, and he had, um, as we all know, John is getting up there in age, and people were worried about um, grabbing, worried about Star Wars grabbing a different composer. But in all honesty, I think I speak for many Star Wars fans by saying that um, it would be a sacrilege if they didn't get him to do it. His scores are too iconic, and his name is too synonymous with the, with the series. Um, the person I would consider even replacing him, um, God forbid anything happens to him, would be Michael... I don't even know how to pronounce that name. Giacchio. I think he would be a very smart move. I felt it was odd for The Force Awakens being... Oh. That was the ending of that one. He goes, I think it would be a very smart move in regards to them moving it back to May. He goes, I think it was odd for The Force Awakens to be released in December. I saw... Or I, for one, think it um, should be released in the summertime. Um, they'll make much more money that way. The studio's worried about going up against other summer blockbusters, but when you put the label Star Wars on it, you're guaranteed to win that summer. I think it would also be easier to get even more events going for it as well. I heard a rumor that they were going to push it to December because of Avatar 2, but let's be honest, it would kill that no matter what. It would kill whatever, no matter what is released, which I agree. <coughs> Oh, the movie could be released on Christmas Day, and that shit would do well. Oh, absolutely. And we got some new Rogue One images released, plus tons of new details on the film. The film's title was the result of brainstorming session. Rogue One was picked mainly because it has several meanings. So there's just a bunch of pictures here. Um, I don't know why I put them in my notes. But you have Jen Erso and Cassie standing next to each other. There's one of... Um, I'm, I'm not really sure who this is. I think it's... I really don't know. He's a, he's a Japanese fellow. He looks pretty cool. Then we got... Uh, it says, Garrett Edwards always wanted to use London the London Canary Wharf underground station in one of his future movies. In 2003, he was passing daily by the station and was always impressed with its futuristic architecture. He said, if I'm ever making a science fiction film, I'm doing this, Edwards said. The transformation of that station into a Rogue One set happened in a matter of hours. So, apparently that place just looks like it came out of Star Wars. And we're going to see that in the movie. And I guess it didn't take very long to make it look the way it's going to look. So, I'm pretty excited to see that. Um, then we got another set photo of Gareth Edwards and the guy who's playing Castian and Jin Erso. Um, Edwards had a joke. With director Ryan Johnson, episode 8 would be compared with Empire Strikes Back, which is yet another bold statement. Um, you don't have to read that. As it, as it is in the second movie, is the tri- wait. As it is, the second movie in the trilogy and Rogue One will be compared with Ewok's standalone movie, The Caravan of Courage. Edwards even jokingly hung a poster of The Caravan of Courage in his office. When George Lucas came to visit, he tried to conceal the poster in order to not give the impression that he is making fun of the film. He is still uncertain whether he succeeded. <laughs> Edwards also had a poster of Apocalypse Now in his office. Once he told Jiang Wen that he wants to make a movie like Apocalypse Now, but set in the Star Wars universe. Interesting. A visual inspiration for Edwards was Alejandro Inar- Inarritu's film Babel. I've never actually watched that movie. 
Uh, Rogue One will mix handheld scenes with its classic styles of old films. The latter will be used mainly for the Imperial scenes. Huh. There's got photos of death troopers and a whole bunch of crazy stuff on here. Mm -hmm. During the filming of the Vader scenes, Edwards relied on his close study of classic films. He noted that no character should be placed higher than Vader's eye level. Even when Vader stands in the background, the figure in the foreground may not be positioned higher. Vader is always the greatest person in the scene. Yeah. I can agree with that. Oh, yeah, it's Vader. Fucking Darth Vader, son. Um, let's see. So the death, the death Troopers are based on an old Ralph McQuarrie art. Um, their look is tall, thin, and athletic. Their extra, the extras that play Death Troopers are well over seven feet tall and very thin. Jesus. That's ridiculous. How many seven feet tall people are there? Enough. Interesting. And we just got a couple more pictures here. Uh, one of oh, Donnie Yen. That guy is cool. The guy that plays uh, Ip Man. He plays Bruce Lee's master in the movies Ip Man, and he is he's gonna probably be Iron Fist. Yeah, actually, I, I don't know why I posted on our website when I posted this news article that Danny Rand was gonna be. Um. Uh, in the, in Rogue One, I think I may have gotten him mixed up with someone else. I'm not really sure who Danny Rand is mm. now that I talk about it, but it's definitely Donnie Yen. Mm. Um, let's see here. So there's a guy in this movie called Bistan, or Bystan, a.k.a. Space Monkey. I guess his character doesn't have a big role in the movie, um, but he is a in... Iakaru? Iakaru, and his home planet is currently unknown. He is played by Nick Kellington in costume and mask. The face is controlled by animatronics via radio. So, got some more practical effects coming for Star Wars, which is pretty sweet. Oh, well, yeah, that's what they're famous for. So, yeah, so that's it for Star Wars. Sorry that was a little uh, rocky there. We were chowing down on those ice cream cones like something fierce. All right, now we're going to move into some Harry Potter news. Um, <coughs> Warner Brothers rumored to make Cursed Child a film trilogy starring Daniel Radcliffe, which I don't see why it would need to be a trilogy. Ah. Uh. That book is not nearly long enough. I agree. Unless they start, in, I don't know. As it should be of no surprise, there are already rumors about that the Warner Brothers is seeking to bring Harry Potter and the Cursed Child to big screen. And a new report is saying that the studio is eyeing a release for the first part as early as 2020. The same year, the final Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the Movie will hit theaters. Part of the story with quotes from, with quotes from Hollywood Insider states that Warner Brothers naturally wants Daniel Radcliffe to come back and play Harry once again. The, the the then the rumored cursed child movies, in <laughs> of which the report, in which the report says could be split in as many as three films, and create yet another trilogy. Do note that cursed child currently playing in two, two and a half hour part stage productions in London. So I wonder if that's where they're yeah. trying to. I don't know. It's weird. But I don't think it like it wouldn't be that that wouldn't be that great of a movie. <clears throat> I don't think it would be that great of a movie either. Unless they added things to it like they always do in movies and yeah. they made it, like, awesome. I mean, I think it could play out okay. Yeah, but I feel like some of it, like, the first the first part of the movie would be boring. Yeah. I mean, we read through it fast because it just reads fast. Like I know. It's not that long. But I think if they did it right and they... I mean, 
you got to think about there's a lot of B-roll footage, like, you know what I mean, panning into scenes and yeah. all that stuff. They could definitely, I think they could definitely do it. Maybe not in three movies. I, don't I feel think like that's it would be absurd. All that, I don't feel like it would be all that exhilarating. I think it would do. they could do one movie and have it be awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. But I don't know. I guess we'll have to we'll have to see how that pans out. Hopefully, it's not just rumor and that it actually might happen. But um, so I guess there's a quote here from, let's see, this is uh, Warner's is secretly working on getting the movie rights to, and a screenplay settled, and of course their minds are all on one man who should be Harry, according to a well-paced Hollywood source. However, he has made it clear that his mind is certainly not focused on returning to the role anytime soon, and that could be until he hits 40. Daniel had that. Daniel had this is a quote, another quote. Uh, Daniel had that job for over a decade with huge success and critical acclaim, but since then he has really established himself as a very strong actor with films like *The Woman in Black* and his Broadway work. According to Insider, he doesn't need to go back for money or to reboot his career, um, so he will need some persuading. The report notes that money is essentially no object in getting Dan back to play Harry. He was reportedly paid 50 million for the two-part Deathly Hallows finale over six years ago. Holy smokes. <laughs> 50 fucking million dollars for... He's loaded. That's for crazy, life. dude. Um, speaking of the actor, Dan said once again recently in an interview that his potential to return to Harry Potter would depend on the film's script and that he has definitely not said no to portraying his famous counterpart on the big screen one more time, so... Hell yeah. I mean, looks like they could potentially be milking Harry Potter for all it's worth. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, I mean, 2020 is a, uh, four years away from now. Yeah. And getting Harry Potter films all the way into... I mean, if... He'll look older, he will look older. Yeah, and, and having Fantastic Beasts all the way into 2020, I didn't know that, so that's pretty cool. I mean, Yeah, I didn't know there was going to be more Fantastic Beasts movies. How many more can they make? Uh, three. I know, that's crazy. I know. I don't know. I've said it once, and I've said it again. I want to see a Dumbledore movie when he was younger. I want Fighting to see... I want to see that, his, yeah. I want to see his life growing up. I want to see all that shit. I want to see it. That would be the best. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but, it would, it could, it could spark so many new theories, like that theory about Dumbledore having a Horcrux accidentally. I don't know about all that. Bullshit. I don't know about it either. But I, 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 I like the theory. It, it doesn't really have any uh, much credibility, but it's interesting. I think it's stupid. <laughs> Paul, Whatever. Paul Warnick, and uh, another news. So we're done with Harry Potter news. Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese confirmed that they are currently working on Zombieland 2. While appearing on AMC's Geeking Out with Kevin Smith and Greg Grunberg, Deadpool writers Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese provided an update on Zombieland 2. We have been fucking waiting for this movie for a long ass time. Hell yeah, dude. I would love, I can't, I, I, yeah, I love it, I love it. Every guy in the role, every person in that movie was great. Yeah. Emma Stone was in it. Yep. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg and fucking... Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I always forget Woody Harrelson's name for some reason. <laughs> but... We just recently watched Now You See Me Too. Actually. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Speaking of Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg, and Jesse Eisenberg, yeah, that's right. They do good movies together. Yes, yeah. they do. Like waiting for, I'm waiting for Woody Harrelson to make his debut in DC Universe. Who could he play? I don't know. Mad Hatter. For all, yeah, dude, Woody Harrelson's a very diverse actor. He could play anybody, man. Yeah. Right? He He's played very... two people in Now You See Me Too. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Now You See Me Too was a, it was a great movie. I didn't, I didn't mind it at I all. It was great. I, I. I Actually, yeah, I really like Dan Radcliffe was in that too. Yeah, and he was chasing after a thing. Spoilers for Now You See Me Too, but he was chasing after a thing called the broomstick. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, and like he was that. doing magic again. 
in a different way. Yeah, it was interesting. But he did say something about, it's like, oh, I dabbled in magic in high school whenever I wasn't having any sex with anybody. Yeah, I felt like that. It was weird. It was, I, I felt like it was an obvious callback to Harry Potter. But, you know, whatever. What's this quote here say? Yeah, so that quote was from Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese. Reese. Um, he said, this is breaking news that we're on Zombieland 2 right now. Um, said Warnick and Reese. So we're sitting with Woody Harrelson tomorrow, which I don't know when this interview is taking place, and we're going to uh, sort of walk him through some of the stuff we want to do. Um, all the cast is pretty excited. Warnick and Reese, who talked about Bill Murray's scene in Zombieland, reve- also revealed that the part was originally written for Patrick Swayze, but he got sick. They offered the part to uh, 12 other actors, including Sylvester Stallone, Kevin Bacon, Mark Hamill, and Jean-Claude Van Damme before Murray landed the role. I thought it was great with Murray. Yeah, I thought it was great too. I, I, I will never forget it as long as I live that scene whenever they pull up and they're like, who's BM? And he goes, well, it ain't Bob Marley. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I'll remember that scene forever. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, but, uh, I guess that's it with our news. That's a quite a bit of news. Um, yeah, we talked for over an hour and eight minutes. On, I, I, I think we can incorporate this next couple topics into news about Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah, okay, I'm down with that. There's a relatively new anime that has come out called Seven Deadly Sins. A Netflix original. It's a Netflix original. It wasn't originally Japanese, so just like any other anime. But I watched it like a couple months ago, and then DJ and Amber just finished it. Yep. And boy, that that it is, is something. Oh my god. It is quite the anime. From beginning to end, just the animation is beautiful. I just said to Lane earlier, I, I wish that I could unwatch that already and watch it again like I've and thought I that about Dragon it. Ball Z but he just finished his show like, I just finished it little two days ago some of the coolest shit man Ugh. yeah actually I think I finished it you know I finished it yesterday yeah and I've already I already wish that I could unwatch it and rewatch it because it was so cool it was cool um I definitely think I want to watch through it again one more time before season two comes out next year oh for sure um I'm just because it was just so great and worth worth every minute um it was like See, this is one of those special animes. Like the story was amazing, the character development, the you know you love every single character that you've come across. Like it, it's awesome. I yeah, it was really it. really well done for an anime. I'm not huge on anime. I like them, but there and there there are uh, several that I'm very partial to. And Dragon Ball Z being the main one, and Seven Deadly Sins is now on my top five. And then Soul Eater, I really like Soul Eater. Your top five? You probably only watched five. Probably. <laughs> But I definitely have Seven Deadly Sins right up there with Dragon Ball Z. Oh, guarantee like, it. It was really good. Um, also, we I've watched it in Japanese, but they've released it in English. And I'm watching it with them, uh, One Punch Man. One Punch Man, yes. I've heard nothing but amazing things about this show, and I, we just started it. It's pretty interesting. Now, the one thing that you have to keep in mind with One Punch Man. Now, when you watch Seven Deadly Sins, it's very story-oriented. There's right. a huge story to it. There's plot. There's, you know, One Punch Man was not developed the same way. It it was just meant to be over-the-top, ridiculous, action-packed. That it like, is. There's kind of story to it, but it's not like Seven Deadly Sins. It's right. not like... It's ridiculous as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's an understatement. But it's, it's awesome. It's so cool. The yeah, animation's really... cool. The, I recommend that, too. I, I, I personally don't like the voices they chose for Saitama and that fucking cyborg guy. I'm having a, his name is escaping me. I just don't like the way Saitama, Saitama sounds. I don't it does not fit him in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't mind it because it's. So, but I've only ever seen it. Yeah, like that, I don't so. know. I just don't. I don't like it. But see, like I was talking to our, our buddy Dan. Like uh, he was referencing like uh, Sean Schemmel was born to do Goku's voice in in English. Like right, absolutely. And same with Christopher Sabat for Vegeta and Piccolo. Right. 
Sean Shemmel also does King Kai, which is oh, I've always and he does. Uh, it's always so interesting to me. If you play uh, Batman Arkham uh, something on on the Google Play for Android, he oh, does Batman. Interesting. You didn't know that? No. It's so weird, dude. This is like you sound like Goku. It's dude. Batman. You have to. I'll have to show you a video of it because <laughs> it is nuts. That's like, funny. it's all I can hear is Goku coming out of Batman's voice. It's very strange, but but uh, yeah, that's two of the biggest anime out right now: Seven Deadly Sins and One Punch Man, and they are both highly recommended. DJ's yeah. only two episodes in, but if you want to watch some for good story, good animation, good action, watch Seven Deadly Sins. If you want to watch something. Just for the pure badassness of it, and just it'll make you laugh to watch one punch. Yeah, like, we're gonna watch another episode of it tonight, possibly, and we don't know. We might be watching either another episode of Daredevil, so we could have a recap. It's been a for while, you Jesus. Next week, or we might watch the Jungle Book movie, whichever we come across later, uh, or both. I, I, that depends yeah. on how yeah, things we, go. I have all night. I mean, I have Addison though. But uh, true. Anyway. Well, uh, I guess we're gonna get into a little bit talking about some Dragon Ball Super, a couple things that have been happening, and some of the ridiculous shit that probably going to happen yeah for sure so we're going to do a little bit of a recap for that and then we're going to talk fear of the walking dead and we have a specific subject in regards to the, it, it just ended up working out that the, that this episode seems to where the where fear of the walking dead's going and for what we had slated to talk about the beginning of nerd news we moved it um to talk about right before this episode because it's pretty uh subject pertaining i guess i don't know what kind of phrase i could use but the, i don't know it, they i don't know the first article of near news I had for Walking Dead pertains very heavily to what's happening in Fear of the Walking Dead universe. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We talked about it last week, and I got um, some less than official answers. Um, more official than I had last week, for sure. But, um, yeah, we're going to just hop right into Super. I mean, we got a little bit to talk about, so... I know last time we talked about Dragon Ball Super, we were talking about the Super Dragon and all that stuff. They oh, had, yeah. They had finished a tournament with uh, the, the the dual universe tournament. Yep. Now they mentioned doing another tournament between all universes, the king of all. Yep, the Omni King. The king of every universe, which we've learned that he has the power to destroy every single universe at any given time that he chooses. In an instant. In an instant. And, uh... But he, he comes off as a child. Like, it's weird. Like, he's like a, he's like a small child and... Yeah, it does well, come off as it. he's like really young. Well, we've seen some things like since, since the tournament. There's been pro- mostly some filler stuff, and there's been some interesting, just some filler for a while. But then we saw an episode where Trunks came. Mm-hmm. We were seeing a future Trunks episode where a guy came down that looked an awfully lot like Goku. Like it might, might as well have been Goku, and he was wreaking havoc on the future. Which is you know this is after Cell and the androids. The androids are gone and. It's funny they even mentioned about uh, Majin Buu. He goes, "Oh, well, that Bobbity guy came, but we ended up or something like he meant." They mentioned a little bit. Yeah, he said he just beat him. Something. Yeah, it was. It was just. It's just funny how they mentioned that. And uh, so Trunks is having a hard time with this guy because he's powerful. Like, and one of the first things you notice is he looks like Goku and he wears like a darker outfit, but he also is wearing a Patara earring. A Patara earring of the Kai. The Kai wears the earrings. It's the ones that Vegeta and Goku wore up against Super Buu to become Vegito. So I feel like, you know, you immediately assume that guy has some Kai orientation or he maybe killed a Kai. I don't know. You don't know. But those earrings aren't that easy to come by. Right. So uh, so once again, Trunks has to find some energy. He keeps getting beat up by 
by black. You know, Goku it's, it's black a, is what they call this yeah, guy. Yeah, it's almost just like androids who's getting his ass kicked. Uh, he actually, I guess there's a little bit of love connection between him and the Mai. Yep. Which is who Mai runs along with Emperor Pilaf from Dragon Ball. Um, we saw Emperor Pilaf in the Battle of the Gods movie. He was the one that was on the boat. Did it ever explain um, why so, they are young in this? I don't think so. I, I think it was just a dragon. They used Dragon Balls. I don't. I don't know if they said it in the show, but I think one of the movies they said it. I, uh, okay, because I, I thought. Think, I thought I didn't remember. that happen at, in the beginning of GT? No, in GT they Goku got young. Oh yeah, okay. I think they were paying homage to that because. They wish Goku Young and GT on accident, but I think they wish themselves young in Super okay. for some time before. You know, they, they didn't really go into a whole lot of detail about it. but I was, That always confused me. But it's it, weird. It is weird. Dragon Ball's weird. But uh, Trunks finds energy to power the time machine, and he goes back in time once again to face, to talk to Vegeta and Goku and try to have them once again save his timeline. And Trunks gets back, but he kinda, he's kind of unconscious you know he's pretty beat up you know, he left directly after a fight with Goku Black and uh, Mai was assumedly killed right and uh, as soon as Trunks wakes up he sees Goku and then attacks immediately because you know somebody that's been attacking your home planet or your home for a while he looks too much like Goku you know it's crazy I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's completely understandable that after waking up and seeing Goku, that he'd be like, who the fuck are you? Not really who the fuck are you, but yeah, like... But, well, it's what he would say if it was rated R. But, um, well, yeah, but... So um, then, you know, they get into talking a little bit, and they're like, holy shit, Future Trunks is back, and Young Trunks is like, what? And yeah, oh, yeah, that's so weird. Because back when, last time Trunks was there, Trunks, uh, Kid Trunks was a baby. Right. So, you know, this time, Kid, Kid Trunks is actually able to understand a surrounding, so it's interesting. I haven't seen Goten in a while. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what Goten's up to. He's just with Chi-Chi. I think yeah, he's, he's been around, but not, not hasn't been much. around for a while. But, uh, so, you know, he explains it in the situation, kind of, and, no, he gets there, and the, uh, Beerus and, no, Goku and Vegeta are off training with, uh, Beerus and Whis. So, uh, Bulma calls for him, and then they come back to talk about the shit that's going on. And, um, so, and then Goku and Trunks actually get in a little fight, like a little training bout. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Hell yeah, it was cool. Goku shows Trunks that he can go Super Saiyan 3. Yeah. And he pretty much beats the piss out of Trunks. And Trunks is <laughs> Super Saiyan 2 now. Right. Which he, he does that thing, too, that buff Trunks. Yeah. He did that against Vegeta. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was Vegeta. But, uh, Trunks, Vegeta even, Goku even says, like, oh, so you may reach Super Saiyan 2 and without... He goes, like, the fact that he could reach Super Saiyan 2 without the same shit that they've been going through, is he said, he, that's impressive. Like Absolutely. So, uh, but Goku, of course, is far above that, and he beats him, and so they, they talk some more, and then uh, Beerus and uh, Weezer, they're eating, like normal, eating their food, and who shows up? But none other than Black, Goku Black. Yeah. he has the Ring of Time, which is the Kai's Ring. Right. Which we learn after this scene, but... He used the leftover remaining energy from Trunks' time travel to use it to travel back in the time. Because the ring itself is only meant to travel into the future, is what they were saying. Because mm-hmm. we talk about the Kais later. And so he goes back, and then him and Goku fight a little bit. Which, of course, Goku wants to fight this guy. It's interesting. Fight but himself. Whis and, Beerus, Whis and Beerus realize immediately that this guy has some features of a Kai. Or he has, like, Kai items that he should not be possessing. Like... 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's very confusing about who this black truly is. So Goku and him fight, and it seems like a pretty evenish fight. I guess Goku just goes regular Super Saiyan. He doesn't go God or anything. He doesn't. Three. No, he just goes. He would. Uh, no, the first time oh, they fought, right, he just was regular right. Super Saiyan. And he goes. They they leave. And as he, Black is getting old, all of a sudden Black gets start getting sucked back in. Like I guess the time ring he was in the past, which the ring doesn't usually allow, and it sucked him back through back to his time. And in the process, he actually sends an energy blast and destroys the time machine. Trunks is time machine. Right. And Trunks fucking freaks. He's like, you know, he assumes he's stuck. But then Bulma's like, wait, one second. And she like runs into her lab and starts digging through shit and brings out a capsule and throws it out. And there was another time machine. The one that Cell used in another timeline that he beat up Trunks and took it. Because the, the Cell we saw was not the Cell from our timeline. It was from a future Trunks' timeline. Which is crazy. Yeah, so it was just cool. That it was just, it's very, it was very reminiscent. Time travel is a finicky bitch. Yeah, it was the time machine with the, it had the, because like Cell blasted it from the inside, so like the glass was like melted outwards. Right. And it was all moss covered and shit, and it was just, it was, and, and Boma it was had, just cool to see. And, and Trunks had Boma's from the future, she, she had, or he had her, uh, like notes. Schematics. Yeah. For the time machine, and, and she was able to use that and fix the, this one, and they're going to use it to go to the future and fight Goku Black. Yeah, he wants to take uh, Goku and Vegeta with him, obviously, because he he stands no chance. And um, it's because the, the energy they use in the future, Bulma here says she can get that energy in one day. Right. So I was like, man, it took us years to acquire half of that. Like, Yeah, you know, not but, even half of that. Yeah, so it's like... But um, in the process, Beerus and Wheeze get a call from the King of All, the Omni-King, saying that he wants to meet... Goku, and they freak out. Like they're like, "Holy what!" So Im- immediately they go. They tell Goku, "You gotta come and you gotta talk to the Omni King. He wants to see you." And everybody's like, "I can't understand why. I can't understand why." And so they take Goku to the Omni King's dimension or whatever the hell it is, and uh, they come across this guy. I guess he refers to him as the uh, the monk or the prophet or the high priest. The high priest. He looks a little like Weez, but smaller. Like, he has that same kind of ring around his head. Yeah, he looks like, um, just like a Kai. But, uh, Weez, Weez himself, which we have seen as to be probably the most powerful character we've seen. Because we know he's above Beerus, and, and, but he, Weez himself says that this high priest is known to be one of the top five most powerful fighters in every universe. It's ridiculous. And Weez says that he does not pale in comparison to this high priest, like, like, he is stronger than Weez as Weez is to, like, Yamcha or something. Like, that's the way I, you know, like, like he would destroy Weez easy. It's crazy to me that, I mean, like, I know that they're writing new stuff, you know what I mean? But, like, I would love to know, like, what all these people were doing during during the Cell games and, like, all Well, the they didn't care. Beerus was sleeping. True. Beerus has been sleeping since before Frieza's time, like, before. Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess you know, that's like, true. before Goku's time, even. So he didn't give a shit. The Omni-King wouldn't have cared about... Seller, right? You know what I mean. Just crazy to know that they've yeah, all they, been there. Yeah, this they've whole been the time. entire. Like as far as we knew, Supreme Kai was the highest being. Right, and, then and, the, and the fact that all the Kais knew how to get to the Omni. Yeah, they never mentioned him once. They never talked about it one time. Well, I wouldn't tell Goku about him either. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I want to fight him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Goku's always like, like as they're walking to the Omni King's lair, and Goku's like, that guy's the fifth highest or fifth most powerful being in all of the universe. He goes, he goes, do not, don't you dare say anything, try to challenge him or anything like that. It is a complete disrespect. 
That's Whis. He's always telling Goku not to not to fight. Because Goku to challenges every goddamn person he comes across. Like when he when he first saw Minaka and he punched he him, punches in the face. him, he starts crying. He's like, <laughs> we still haven't got. I guess we did. We did get an answer on Minaka. He He's not powerful. He's just a, a patsy. Yeah, guinea pig. But um, so he goes and meets the Omni King, and then to everybody's surprise and shock, like Supreme Kai is nervous because they know Goku. He's not formal. He's not polite. Really, he. He just doesn't care. He just so uh, he's so innocent that it just you know it's like a kid. Like yeah. you can't really get mad at a kid for not being that polite. But Goku's just like that. So uh, Omni King says he wants Goku to be his friend, and like Beerus, Weez, and Supreme Kai practically shit themselves at this at this prospect. Like they're like what? <laughs> <laughs> and Goku's like you know I got we got some stuff to do. And he goes how about uh, I will bring another friend and we can all be friends or something blah blah blah. And then he's like uh. And then Omni-King does this thing. He goes, well, whenever you're done with what you're doing, you give him, like, a button. He says, just press this, and I'll come to you anytime." And This is literally the most powerful person in Dragon Ball. Like, he is the top of the top. Like, there's nobody above the Omni-King. As far as and we know. he wants to be friends with Goku. Right. And this coming from the same guy who wants to have a tournament. In all universes. From all universes. I can't wait till that fucking, that, that saga. Oh. That's going to be crazy. But, um, yeah. And during this time, I'll go talk about the Kaius, Zamasu, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So during during all this time, there's a subplot going on with uh, Zamasu and Gawasu. Um, they are Kaius from another universe. I think they're no, they're in their same universe. I think they're just higher. Well, maybe they're no, they are in a different universe because Weez takes them to another universe. Yeah, yeah. They're they're other Kaius. They're like green. Um, I don't I don't exactly know what it is that they're doing. They're they're dealing with. Well, I think he, Zamasu, is training to be a Supreme Kai or something. Yeah, sort. and he's dealing with, I guess, morality issues. Yeah, he's having a hard time. He wants to kill things that need to be killed. Yeah. But that's not what the Kai's are for. They're the life. The destructions are meant. Like, they have, they can't live without the other, etc. Basically, Zamasu doesn't know his role, and he's having yeah. a hard time figuring that out. But the reason we introduced the Zamasu is Beerus and Whis have a, sus- a suspicion that because they went, they went there to go check on the rings. I guess that universe is where those rings were. Right. So they went to this this universe to this guy's <clears throat> planet, and as soon as Goku sees Zamasu or whatever, Goku wants to fight him because he's some god and he seems pretty powerful. And they seem they seem suspicious that his key is very similar, to eerily Black. similar to yeah. Goku Black. And so they they're they're trying to figure out where obviously the origin of Goku Black and why he looks like Goku and how he came to be. Yeah. And ultimately, oh. Goku is way po- more powerful. He was just regular Super Saiyan, and he beat the shit out of him. Like, right. He had some interesting moves, but Goku... And they said that his key was similar, but not similar enough to press judgment. Yeah, so... But they find out all the rings are there at the moment. And then you see... And then they leave, you know, after Goku kicks his ass. And I think... See, I think... It's like it's like a, a time... Paradox. A paradox. Is, yeah. Because Goku, Goku going there to fight him... I think is what ultimately is causing him to have that attitude. He was already having that attitude, but it, I guarantee it, it progressed it deeper. So it might be humans, what so. we're thinking might be like future Zamasu yeah. becomes Goku Black. See, but we, no, not at the episode we saw today. Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. I almost forgot about that. But, uh, so they travel back and... You know, and then Zamasu, we see him, him and the other guy go into the future... 
And Zamasu starts, he killed one of the humanoids of, the, of a specific planet they were checking out. And he, was like, he was trying to prove a point, saying, these guys are just brutes. Like, they don't deserve to live in this universe. Well, yeah, and he said, let's give them a thousand years. So they travel a thousand years to that. And they're pretty much the same. And they're the same thing. So he ends up killing the one that tries to kill them. And that guy, and Gawasu gets pissed. He's like, why did you do that? He's like, we're here to watch them. Like, you don't kill them. You don't interfere. Yeah. So. They'll then, learn. But then that's pretty much all you see of them for a moment. And, and he kind of, he's just, he's against it. He wants justice. And, and Gawasu's like, well, he's like, it's not wrong for you to want justice, but you're not allowed to interfere pretty much. So. Not being, not, not while being a Kai. Right, that's the God of Destruction's job, is to destroy what needs to be destroyed. Right. The Kai's create what needs to be created. Balance of life, etc., whatever. But, so Goku and Vegeta and Trunks hop in the time machine, they get it finished, and by the time they come back, and they travel to Trunks' future. Where, ultimately, Trunks finds out that Mai is not dead. She actually survived that blast, which is insanity. Yeah. And... <laughs> which is insanity. So, but uh, Goku and Vegeta and Trunks fly off, and then uh, Vegeta shoots a fucking blast in the air, a big-ass blast to kind of get the attention. And Vegeta actually, first time ever, has beat Goku in rock, paper, scissors Yeah. to fight first. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Vegeta, you know, puts him, he like immediately goes Super Saiyan Blue and starts just wailing on Black. Black's taking it like a champ. Yeah, and it's almost like nothing. Yeah. Know? It's crazy to think out that he's that much more powerful. Yeah, he got that much powerful. It's crazy. I, I can't. I got to And then, you know, he he. We he says something about he goes, oh, I got a new form too. Like, he goes, and I'm gonna show you. And then he fucking this powers up crazy. It's all pink and purpley, and he looks. He has a pretty much pink Super Saiyan hair. Yeah. Which they coined, Super Saiyan Rose. Which is interesting. Yeah, it, it looks looked cool. awesome. Oh, it yeah. did look, for it being looked, pink, like you, it just looks cool as fuck. It looked really cool. But, and then he just is, and you know, Vegeta. Now Vegeta goes all out and he gets pissed and he starts attacking him real tough. And Vegeta thinks he has the upper hand, and then Zamasu does that weird hand bleed thing that he, he yeah, he like almost turned his, he turned his aura into a. See, but Zamasu did that too. That's true. So I don't. We still, but well, we'll get to the, the those theories here in a second. But then. All of a sudden, he does his blade thing right through Vegeta's chest, like, yep. and Vegeta just untransforms. Knocks Vegeta right back to regular, regular same form, down. and he falls down to the planet. And uh, Goku steps out, and he goes, "Trunks, take care of your father." And he just immediately goes Super Saiyan Blue, and he's like, "But he's boom!" And then the sky opens up, and they say, "It's you know, I cannot, long, I no longer allow this fight to take place." And out of the sky comes Zamasu, standing next to Goku Black. Which Goku is crazy. Yeah, and then he drops down, and then he we, says, "You, I, you promised me that I could finish off Son Goku." Yep. And then that was the end of the episode. Yeah, that's how the episode that's, ended. That's what we're caught up on. And then we saw the next episode, like it showed Trunks. It looked like Trunks was fighting Zamasu a little bit, and Goku. it also said that their powers weren't affecting him. Yeah, that was like the title of the episode: the immortal, uh, the immortal Zamasu, something. But I don't. My theories are ridiculous. I don't have any idea. Like, I don't know who this black is. Like, obviously he has some affiliation with Zamasu. He, he was trained by him. Maybe he's another timeline Zamasu because he has the same type of power. Right. But how does he look like Goku? We still don't have the answer, and I'm sure it'll take a few episodes. I don't think the next episode is going to result in any answers for us. Yeah, it's going to be a while. But it's really crazy. This, I mean, Dragon Ball the Super. The power. Oh my God. 
yeah, un unreal. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know where the show is gonna go. I don't have any. I don't have no answers for Super, uh, but nope. it's definitely crazy. If you aren't caught up in Dragon Ball Super, definitely get caught up in Dragon Ball Super. Super, Super Saiyan Rose is badass. Like, uh, it's cool. But, but so right. I guess that, that ends the talk for uh, Dragon Ball Super. We're gonna we're gonna move into Fear the Walking Dead. We watched this episode this morning. The episode is Los Muertos. Los Los Muertos. <laughs> Season two, episode ten. Um, now th we're gonna read this thing first. Last week we talked about what, why are Walker bites in The Walking Dead fatal? Why are they fatal? What about getting bit causes you to die? Things like that. This episode specifically talks about a lot of things, but. We're going to talk about this first before we get into the episode. Well, I mean, like, I've thought about, like, it makes, like, zombies' mouths are so disgusting and dirty and bacteria. Yeah. If you got bit by, like, a rabid dog, it'd be, like, the same thing. Right. Or, like, a Which dog with pretty much, much bacteria. It's pretty much what this points out. So I never, I don't know why I didn't think that last time, but that's the only thing that makes sense, because if you're getting bit by a mouth that's that disgusting, it's literally just the bacteria is going to kill you. Like, right. It's pretty much, pretty much what this points out. It says, why are walker bites in Walking Dead fatal? And this answer has pointed out that every everyone appears to be infected with the virus. This is coming from sci-fi.stackexchange.com slash questions, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, it appears that everybody in the show is infected with the virus, as we saw in the CDC Center. Death triggers the virus um, to reactivate portions of the brain. Yeah, even a single bite from a walker results in a fever, eventual death within days, and then reanimation. If the walker's are infected with the same virus that is already latent in the survivors why does the why do bites seem 100% fatal additionally why wouldn't being drenched in in and possibly ingesting or inhaling a walker's blood or getting it in your eyes result in the same effect a fever starts when the body is trying to heal itself slash fight an infection or an unknown bacteria virus or some sort when the body is focusing on getting rid of this it goes into a hard working process after a while you'll get a fever as a symptom that body or that the body is battling against the unwanted guest um don't feel like writing a full answer this is just like a comment section but i believe you also have to remember that they already have a weakened immune system so when they're getting bit it will introduce new bacteria it will cause an infection so i believe they die from the infection as a result and turn into the walker um this is this this person says it's a placebo effect if you think you're getting bitten by a zombie um, turns turns into a zombie at will. I think that's bullshit. But, See, but it's not the bite turning into a zombie. It's the at least in this adaptation. Right. I know there are other adaptations where just getting bit turns you into a zombie. Right. Like. Uh, but in the as far as Walking Dead goes, <coughs> World War Z and stuff. But as far as World as Walking Dead goes, it's I on it has to just be the fact that the bacteria kills you because it's so dirty and disgusting. Like. Right. Like now this. This answer came from Robert Kirkman himself. The, Robert Kirkman, the creator of the Walking Dead franchise, writer of the comics and novels, and executive producer on both the television shows, has given us, us as much of an explanation as we're likely to get. Here's what he said. The rule is, whatever it is that causes the zombies is something everyone already has. If you stub your toe, get an infection, and die, you turn into a zombie. Unless your brain is damaged, if someone shoots you in the head and you die, you're dead. A zombie bite kills you because of the infection. Or blood loss, not because of the zombie virus. This came from issue number 41, Letter Hacks, which is something that happens at the end of every issue. And, just to get this on the record once and for all, and it is complicated, I know, 
here's how the zombification works whatever makes people come back as a zombie or as zombies after they die it's inside them it's inside everyone no matter how anybody dies as long as the brain is intact they turn into a zombie so what the fuck does a bite do well bites in direct blood to blood contact with zombie gunk causes death it's a strong infection that leads to the fever that kills someone then the virus or whatever is already in them turns into a zombie and q and a um this is a real comic book guy question but do I gather that if someone swallows a tiny bit of zombie blood, they won't turn into one of the undead? There was a lot being sprayed around in the episode, season three, episode six, called Hounded. Yeah, and they're constantly getting covered. They're covering themselves in it to right. the sky. And what if they have an open wound? Exactly. That's. It says, yeah, and people to a certain extent think of zombie blood as being like the blood from an alien. You know that in the alien movies, it's like, oh, God, if it touches you, you explode or whatever. Whatever it is that turns these people into zombies is in them already. So the idea of getting zombie blood on your face, which happens all the time, and it turning you into a zombie is something that's just not the case. Well, yeah, because the zombie blood isn't going to be as... Like, your mouth, if you don't brush your teeth every day, your mouth would be one of the most dirt. It's the dirtiest part of your body. Right. The most... most, All of the bacteria, all the food you eat, all the stuff you breathe. Right. So these people, you know, they're eating other dead things and rotten court, like... So it doesn't. It wouldn't have nothing to do with the, the, the zombie's blood or anything else. It's just literally the bite. Just, yeah, just the viruses in your bite, like the right, and that, I I believe that this this does go there. Um, it says now that doesn't make the zombie bite any less lethal. You know, you know, breaking the skin, having that kind of contact with the toxicity that a zo- that zombie mouths would have would be something that causes an infection that definitely that would definitely lead to your death. And then the thing is that you already the thing that's already in you would turn you into a zombie. There's there's a science to this to a certain extent. Although, to be clear, you're not technically a scientist. That's what mm-hmm. this Q&A says. No, 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 but I know everything that sci- I know about everything that scientists know. I'm pretty certain. But anyway, zombie blood is quite as deadly as... Is not quite as deadly as people think. I wouldn't drink it in high volumes, though. This came from Robert Kirkman. Right. Um, now, this is the mechanics of a bite. In the season one finale, um, Dr. Jenner at the CDC explains how, how and why a person dies. That it invades the brains like or invades the brain like meningitis, the adrenal glands hemorrhage, the brain goes into shutdown, and then the major organs then death. Um, so this is like a final um, thing, putting the pieces together, combining Kirkman's explanations with Jenner's lines from the show. Here's what we get: one, everybody is already infected with whatever turns corpses into zombies, but it doesn't seem to attract them, or affect them. Um, two, when a zombie bites you, it infects you with mundane, i.e., non-zombifying pathogens. Unless you're bitten on a limb and quickly amputate that limb, you will die from blood loss, like Amy um, in, in Season 1. The mundane infections, like Jim, or both like Tyrese. Um, three, it is hard to reconcile point number two with the first Kirkman, Kirkman quote, but here's my best attempt. Once you're weakened to near death from blood loss or mundane infection, the zombie virus, or whatever it is, which has been laying dormant and moves into your brain causes the adrenal glands to hemorrhage and the brain begins to fail, vital organs start shutting down and eventually the brain is starved of oxygen and dies. After death, the brain is completely inactive for a while, then the zombie virus or whatever it is reactivates the brain stem and then the body gets up to um, starts walking around looking for people to bite and the rest of the brain remains dead. So somewhere in here I also read something, yeah, here it is. Um, at the end of season one of The Walking Dead protagonist Rick Grimes discovers that everybody carries the virus, which reboots the uh, brain upon death, resulting in a ghastly transformation, but it is merely death. Is it merely death that turns you? Why do all the characters um, regard a zombie bite as a death sentence? Why is it one of the first questions uh, they ask strangers 
um, and why did Herschel need to lose a leg? Um, there's a way to square this with Kirkman's quote from number five or whatever. That's a footnote. Um, and more interesting with science, dead bodies can be dangerous in and of themselves. So humans have um, humans have to take. I've always taken precaution with them. And in fact, in the case where you have to handle corpses, such as after a natural disaster, there are a number of steps responders have to take to avoid infection and disease. For example, a rotting body can still transfer gastrointestinal pathogens, tuberculosis, and hepatitis to the living. So one can imagine that a biting mouth of a rotting corpse continuously chomping down on humans isn't the most hygienic place. Yeah. So you were you were technically right. We got to the beginning of it. There's hundreds. Uh, there's so many notes here. Yeah, we don't have to go into all of it. Though. But they do like, and it, it does go into it a little bit uh, about like um on I think it was season four when they got in, uh, infected with the flu. It was like the yeah. swine flu or whatever, and and how quickly that it was turning people. I mean, I guess it's it makes sense that their immune systems would be a lot weaker. They also don't have the medicines available that we have. Like, if they got that same flu today, like, in the re- they probably wouldn't have died. Like, right. It was just a fact of where they were living, and they didn't have it. Like, yeah, and it just was. It was just. It was just killing them. So, like, I, I, when we talked about this last week, I never thought about a weakened immune system. Right. Not being exposed to so much. Like, I'm sure that in that in that world, getting a, a head cold would suck asshole. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth it at all, but. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. Know. I feel like we covered enough of this. Like, no, absolutely. There's there's tons of information on this. If you want to go to it, sci-fi.stackexchange.com. Um, I don't know if you can search for it directly on the website, but um, I can. We can link it to our Facebook page even. Um, it's interesting stuff to read about. If you've ever been curious about the mechanics of the zombie bite, apparently. Right. So I was going to talk about this either way, but it turns out in this episode we get a little bit of. Uh, um, a tease for something else that starts happening. Immunity. Um, yeah. Po- a possible a possible case of immunity in Fear of the Walking Dead. See, but that doesn't make sense to me because they were saying like he was immune to the bites or something. But how could you? I don't know. You couldn't be immune to the bites because it's not the virus. He would only be immune to turning into a walker. Like. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. The, exactly. The, the, if if if. They're correct is to say that the bite has nothing to do with the virus. Then you couldn't be immune to the bite unless you're just immune to that bacteria. Right. You'd have to be immune to the bacteria in the mouth. Right. Unless the guy just drinks hydrogen peroxide on a daily basis. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. know. I mean, like, this is this the guy the guy in question. His name is Alejandro. He makes his debut in the last episode. He's seemingly a doctor, but we find out that he's just a pharmacist. Yes, he's a pharmacist. So we're gonna get into the episode. We'll talk about it as as it goes on. But the episode, the cold open. Of the episode, it opens on Nick sleeping with a woman, or sleeping in a room with a woman coughing on a nearby bed. She seems to be coughing up blood. Um, and then, uh, you know, she, you know, she's sick. People are sick, but uh, Nick wakes up and walks out to the early morning. He just, and it, pretty much nobody's out yet. You know, he's walking past the shops and stuff, and it's just silent enough, I guess. And then he does come across. Nick walks down to look out at the base of the village to a crying little girl as she is watching her father be exiled through the old school bus that makes the pathway through the fence. Now, you don't really get a lot of dialogue in this scene, but it kind of seems like this guy's dying or something. Yeah. But, like, the way they have the school bus between the fence is kind of genius. Right. As I was, as I was typing these notes, I was, I was typing them as I was, as I was thinking it, like... Um, I said it now appears that it, he may have been a guinea pig for what, for maybe what seemed like a test... Everybody looked disappointed. 
Um, is that, like, they almost, were all like chanting or praying during this too. Yeah, almost like they were hoping he wasn't going to be eaten as he was put out there. Um, yeah, it was. We it, get an answer later on. Yeah, I, I I was off I was off and on in this episode. I was busy with other stuff, but um, then we get to Madison, Alicia, and Strand, and Ophelia are looking for Nick and Travis, or just Travis. They don't really they say he or him. They're they don't really ever specify exactly who they're looking for. Uh, yeah, I suspected that it was Travis because. I mean, Nick very clearly walked. He parted ways with his mother, so right. um, they were they were they they decided they're going to go back to the boat. They returned, but the Abigail is missing. Yeah, Strand says that the military must have followed them in because that little life raft looking type boat was like a military grade boat. Yeah, so I they, guess he just deduced. And then they took that. So yeah. then they wrote a letter in the sand that said, "Abigail lost, head north." Um, they go to an abandoned hotel, and Strand starts ringing the bell, which was kind of funny. I don't really know why he did it, but he just, I guess, maybe to call out walkers or just to. Uh, probably. Not parting with that. Or it's, of... it's just similar as, like, how they bang on the outside of the building before they walk in and walking dead. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, so then it goes, it's switching back and forth between Nick and, and these, and these uh, this little quad of people. Um, so Nick goes back, Nick goes with the that girl, I don't know who, what her name is. She was from, she was the leader of that group of three when he was walking with the walkers. Oh, and okay, she's like, yeah. oh, we're just going to leave him there. Yeah. I don't remember He her goes name. with her, they cover themselves in blood, and they go walking off somewhere. We don't, it doesn't show where they're going. Um, the other, the other, uh, uh, Strand, Abigail, and Alicia walk into a crashed wedding um, that obviously was taking place during the uh, outbreak, it seems. I was part of the hotel. And I guess, and then, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of back and forth, and I guess we do find out for sure that they sent the guy through the bus because he was near death. He was pretty much signing himself up for scientific experiment. Right, and then and it is at this at this point right after, during this conversation, the, the pharmacist apparently had been bitten in the in the past and never turned, See, um, which Nick me, was like, that's bullshit. To me, that makes no sense. Uh, yeah, I agree. Based off what we just read, that makes zero sense. Because if he's immune, if he's immune to the virus of being turned into a walker, the bite is not nothing to, has nothing to do with that virus. It's just a complete different type of thing. So the only way we know he was immune is if he died without getting his head hurt and didn't turn. Right. If he's immune to the bite, then he's just immune to those bacteria. Like, right. The... Which yeah, which is not necessarily. See, but in, in this world, they don't they don't know. You know what I mean? They don't know what kind of bacteria. I mean, each walker could. Potentially have millions of millions of different pathogens that they're carrying in their, um, yeah. in their mouths, and maybe just that one specific one. He was immune to those, like you said, the, those viruses and something like that. But they also, if if that is the case, then or, everything we just read has been null and void. I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be to the thing where it's going to be, he wasn't actually bit by a walker, but he's using it to make himself a powerful leader. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to make people like worship him in some way or another because he's like up there preaching to them like he's a fucking pastor. That could that could very well be. He could have very well been bit by a regular person and just said, "Oh, look, I got a zombie bite that was never turned." Like, trust I me, I feel like that's what he's going. I mean, and he even said like at the beginning of it, I didn't I didn't mark it down, but there's a conversation that he has um, with a guy who's like, oh, "I straight up feel like shit today," and blah blah blah, and. He, he injects him. I don't know if you were paying attention, but he injects his wound. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, we should be saving this medicine. I'm going to die soon anyway. And he said, uh, he said later in the episode that he was just injecting the guy with saline. And that it wasn't really doing anything anyway. Oh, I but didn't catch that. Yeah, he just said. Who did he tell that to? <coughs> he told it to Nick. 
He said, I've just been injecting him with saline because he's going to die anyway. It's not It's not people. He, he He's basically trying to say that. He's just trying to make himself look good. He's trying to make himself look good, and he's trying to keep his um, group in the mindset that they're going to be okay, that they're going to survive and pull through this. See, he's trying it, to, it almost seems futile because that guy was already like, you don't have to give me medicine. I know I'm going to die. So why still give him fucking saline? Like, yeah. He was already okay with not taking the medicine. Like, right. Yeah, he was with the, he was of the mindset that the medicine needs to be saved. So I don't know. I, that's it's interesting. Well, um, they go to a drug dealer, ran uh, Nick Nick and that girl. Uh, it's kind of like a barter system they got going on. These people have things that they don't have, and they have things that they don't have. Um, they go to a drug dealer, ran grocery store. This is like a Mexican gang mafia drug dealing association that obviously drugs aren't so important now, so they go into something else. And they trade what looks like medicine. Like, it looks like they were given the med, Which I think we've concluded that it was medicine based on the conversation that happened later. And they get a cartload of groceries. Um, normally it was two carts, but then they have changed it to one. Right. Which I understand. Things are going, getting, they're getting less stuff. Scarce. So it's gonna, you know, you can't always get two. But she pretty much said they're there for water. So they get a couple other things in water, but they're there mainly for water. Right. So it switches back to Madison and Strand. They have a chat over a couple drinks while Alicia and Ophelia go search, go off and search the hotel. Um, they come across a room with a walker in it. They find that the room is empty, but it's got supplies. But yet there's a hanged yet still undead walker in the shower. Um, and they, they're kind of taken aback. This is the first time. There's a first time for everything. And in this, in this Walking Dead universe, it's the first time they're seeing that um, walkers that are hung that have hung themselves or committed suicide still turn... They've come to the conclusion in fear that everybody has it too, right? Yes, at the beginning of... or end of season one. Okay, I thought so. Um, But in in different ways, like in season... I think it was season two or three. It was three. Daryl comes across a walker that has hung himself in the tree. Yeah, yeah. The one he he didn't want to waste an arrow on. Yeah. But then one of the girls was like, you gotta kill him. Yeah. He's like, fuck. Because it's not worth an arrow, is it? And he ended up doing it anyway. Yeah. But it's it just... It, it's interesting the, the amount of things that they're finding out. Um, let's see. Uh, they find a room that's... Oh, yeah, I already said that. Uh, Nick... So then it goes back to Nick. He tries to take something, but is shut down um, and told to only get what is needed. And then they begin taking water. It was like a water. dessert snack thing. Yeah, it looked like a ding-dong. It was like a Mexican Swiss roll thing. I think I've had that before. <laughs> Um, so then they begin taking water and putting it into the cart. Uh, Nick also notices that there is a bunch of, uh, like, refugees in the back of the um, warehouse, grocery store thing. Sick people, etc. Yeah. Um, now, um, your uh, Ophelia is being a naysayer about survival while Alicia attempts to comfort her. She's apparently, like, Ophelia is being very negative, saying, like, you know, maybe, like, there's no point in living now. There's no point in trying it. Because there... I mean, I can understand that, though. Why would you want to... Why would you... You shouldn't have to live to survive. Like, right. surviving isn't life. That's... You're just they're, stressed They're talking out. about that guy they saw in the shower. Yeah. They're like, why do you think... You know, why do you think he hung himself? Because he couldn't survive anymore. He didn't want to survive. tired anymore. of surviving. You know, there, there's a difference between living and surviving. If you're, if you're surviving, it's a constant stress, constant... You know, turmoil. Like, you know... Absolutely. You shouldn't have to survive. You you'll never know live. if you'll be alive the next yeah, minute. Like a, I could, so I don't in that situation people blowing their heads off or killing themselves I don't I cannot blame it I couldn't absolutely I'd tell I've always said it but I'll always have one a gun on me with one bullet in it for me like yeah 
Casey's if it ever got to where I couldn't handle it or if I'm getting surrounded by walkers. Because I'm not dying getting eight. I'm sorry. No. Go out on your <laughs> own terms. I'm dying with a bullet in my head before that happens. I mean, you'll get eight regardless, but... Yeah, but I'm not, I don't want to feel it. Yeah, true. Um, so, uh, let me see here. Nick attempts. Yeah, Nick attempts to lead, to steal those. I thought they were cookies, but the Nick attempts to steal the uh, treat, um, and the leader wants to punish Nick. So he gets caught on their way out of the grocery store. Um, the leader wants to punish him by cutting off his hand, and Nick begins to bargain with him um, by saying, like, oh, we have this – is, this is the point where we find out what it was. It's a little bit more than bargaining. He was kind of pretty much threatening them. Yeah, pretty much. He Basically – I'm surprised she translated it for him because she said she didn't care if he died. Yeah. But – he Basically, this is the point where we find out that what they were giving him was oxies. Yeah. Um, and the, the find out that one of the, one of the refugees inside there was the leader's sister – um, he said, well, we have oxys, and you have stuff that we need, and you won't get oxys anymore. We'll take our business elsewhere, and all this stuff. And then he, he ends up getting to take one more cart of water out of that store in the process. And See, which contradicts her whole – I mean, maybe she did, was cool with it because they did get that other cart of stuff. But she didn't know that initially, but she was pretty much saying, if you die, nobody's going to miss you. So why the hell did she – the fact that she would translate to these guys that – they're not going to come to them anymore. It's crazy. Right. But So they didn't cut off his hand, obviously. Um, now the woman is worried that they're going to be followed. She doesn't want them to follow him back to their uh, compound or whatever you want to call it, their community. Um, yeah, he's like, they will find you. Or like, you know, she pretty much said to him, they find you. Right. And she does speak English, that bitch. She made it <laughs> seem like she didn't for a while, but then she ends up having, she does. Um, so it goes back to Madison. She's worried that she'll never see Nick again. She then reveals how Nick's father had died. Um Probably, I, I'm assuming he was drunk. It didn't really say. I didn't hear that. the whole conversation. She just said that he, what, leaving work one night, he crossed over the uh, uh, center lane and oh. hit, a, hit a car head on. It was a car accident, but um, Shan says something like, oh, did he fall asleep? And he's like, no, no, that's what I told the kids. Ah. But didn't really say, I don't think, exactly what he was doing. He was either drunk or a junkie High like Nick. Drugs. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably why she has such a hard time with Nick being on drugs or something. Right. So Madison proceeds to get pretty drunk. She's wasted. Process. Yeah, she gets wasted. Her and Strand both are pretty yeah, drunk. They're, yeah, they're drunk. Uh, Strand plays the most untuned and drunken song on the piano, which attracts the walker. He's just playing this ridiculous... That piano was painfully untuned. Yeah, it was bad. To a musician's ear, man, I, I was hor- it was hard but to hear. You start noticing that walkers are in other buildings are hearing it. It's very loud. Obnoxious. Um, Alicia takes a shower and can't find Ophelia, and then when she begins looking for Ophelia... You start. She like goes out onto the balcony of this massive hotel. This hotel is huge. Yeah. And like walkers are out on the balconies too, and they're just falling off, just dro- dropping themselves off all these off these edges. It was crazy. Hitting the ground and just getting up and walking towards the piano. Like that's insane. It was cool. It was. A it cool would scene. hilarious if they started playing. It's raining. Because it was raining, men. Hallelujah. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Um, but yeah, you know, that was that was a cool scene. That was one of the cooler scenes I've seen so far. The falling walkers. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so then it switches back to Nick. He goes down, or when he gets back from the grocery store, he gives this little girl, the little girl from the beginning of the episode, he gives her the treat. Um, Nick really seems to love kids, I put down there. Um, he does. He, he, he Even in the first couple of episodes of season two, yeah. when they went and saw those two kids that were... Yeah, he was very... He seems he seems to really like kids. Innocent. Well, um, also, her father had just died in some that's true. fucking experiment. We still don't know the full detail of the experiment, like... I want to know. I want to get all the information. Like, this pharmacist guy, his name is Alejandro, which pretty, it's crazy. It seems, uh, seems nuts. Well, he goes to visit Alejandro, 
And then it goes back to Strand and Madison finally see the error of their ways because the zombies just start busting into the bar. Like, yeah. So they're, like, trying to fight them off. And uh, it goes – and then Alejandro is giving some sort of speech as – he's kind of like a cult leader-ish. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be – whatever he's trying to do, man. And, like, during his speech, it's showing, it's showing like, them fighting him and it's showing the troubles Alicia's getting into. It, it seemed to be in some shit situation. Uh, and that's how that, that's how the episode ends. Pretty much, Strand and Madison are trapped behind the bar. Alicia's trapped in a room in the hotel, and Nick looks to be trapped inside the cult community. He also seems to be conforming to Alejandro's rule, which doesn't surprise me. Nick seems to be a little bit of a follower. He's a sponge. Yeah. He uh, he might he might uh, who knows, man. Well, he took on the fucking role of that old dumbass lady, and then oh god, dude, Aunt Celia. Oh lord, she was fucking retarded. But. Yeah, so that was that episode. I mean, like I mentioned to Deej, is that uh, the whole episode of The Walking Dead, we could talk about it for two hours. Yeah. But Fear the Walking Dead, it was a good episode, but it just doesn't seem like there's that much to talk about. Like, yeah. It's the same length show, but such le- such a less happens, it seems like. like. I agree. Like, it's weird. It's still good. It was good. Like, We'll get there. I think the show has a lot of potential in the future. I just can't wait for fucking Walking Dead October. I know, man. I cannot wait So October. soon. Like, the way I see it is that the show has they said in the past that the show is going to be running concurrently with the walking dead and i know we said this in the past also um so there's going to be i think i think for season three i would expect a time jump yeah like a significant time jump for fear yes yeah because if if it ever plans to run concurrently with the show, with with its with its uh, flagship I still want to see show, a winter. I want to see a winter, dude. I heard that we're getting a winter in Walking Dead. Fuck yeah! I had heard that we are that that is happening. Because that was a big part in the comic books at one point. Like the walkers had, were yeah. slower, and they were like it was like. I had heard that there are some winter scenes coming up in season seven. Actually, yeah. I don't know how true it is, but well, I have heard. Which is, I mean, it's got to be hard for them to do because they only film in the summertime. So we're not gonna see a winter. Are you going to see a winter in fear? Not if they keep being in Mexico and California. <laughs> I mean, be... I would like to see Walking Dead do, like, specials over over the break where it's, like, like a one-off special. Yeah. Where there's, like, different... Um, like what they did during the winter. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because you can't expect it. You really think Negan's just not causing turmoil over the over the break? Especially when they come back. I know that, I know that for the most part they come back where the cliffhanger left off. Yeah. But sometimes they come back... And there's time that's passed. Three months. Right. But they wouldn't want us to show us what's happening in between because it would give away what might come in the premiere. True. I, I, know, I know that. But I, I, it's hard for me to believe that, like, just, you know what I mean? It leads everybody to believe. I heard Nate say a million times, like, so this week we just expected it was a normal day at the prison? Like, yeah. nothing happened out there? Like, like the, the episodes where, I, and I understand. But it very well could have been. The like, there was days where nothing happened. Like, maybe they just were farming, like a. Just no, I'm sure. Days. I'm sure there were days that were, like when, more, when they filmed more. The Walking Dead. It's not day by day. It's like you know, one episode might be a day, and the other episode might be a week and a half later. Like, right? It's like with anything, like even regular life or even animes and shows. Like, it's not always action every time. There is a no. I agree, and I, I, some part of me wishes that I, it's so cliche to do it, but I think it's enough. I as for me specifically, I wish that they had time codes almost on every scene that way we know how much time has passed from this scene or we can we can follow it back to you know to different i know not everybody's like that i just personally wish that i had that (coughs) just to follow along 
better, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, so uh, we're coming back at you next week. Uh, we got more Fear the Walking Dead. Um, Probably yeah. tons more news. Seems like yeah. it's coming out depending on daily. What, depending on what we watch this week or what we do or read, we'll, we'll you know. We don't know exactly what we'll talk about yet, but we always have something. Yep, well, well we always try to figure out what we're going to do for an episode until our shows come back on. We've got a good solid f- four more episodes before yeah. our shows start coming back on, so we'll figure something out. I don't even know if there's any movies to talk about in the process. Maybe. We, maybe we can watch Under the Red Hood. Yeah. I really want to watch that. that yeah, we could talk about Jungle Book. At least our thoughts on it. No, we're yeah, not, we don't uh, have to go into an entire thing. But no, just definitely... Talk. Give a, a what we can call it a weekly recommend. Yeah. So once again, thank you for joining us and listening, and uh, have a good day. Yep. We at Nerdtalkalypse Podcast assume no claim in sounds, references, music, and graphics, and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved, such as Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Sony, ComicBook.com, or any of their affiliates. Nerdtalkalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes. We can be found on social media at facebook.com slash nerdtalkalypse and on Twitter at nerdtalkalypse. You can also email us, nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com. We really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us at any of the following servers, iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Player FM, and TuneIn Radio. Or also on Facebook every Monday for a live viewing of the show. Please, if you enjoy the show, let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.